I'm not distorty sounding, am I? No, and no. I've got a compressor on your line too. I go old school. Everything's all done through the equipment. I have the rack and everything, so it's all oh, separated yeah. out there. I just have to tell me about your rack, big boy. <laughs> Well, right now, it's currently in decline. <laughs> so, yeah. Are we talking about a rack of rib? Because I'm really fucking hungry. <laughs> oh, man, that would be awesome right now. Mm-hmm. I'll take some baby back ribs. Yeah, you can do that. Cordy's <laughs> baby back ribs. <laughs> Cordy's and, baby. And we could do ribs, just you can't have the, the barbecue tr- sauce. Uh, no sauce, and you can't have a traditional rub, because oh. most rubs have brown sugar. Oh. So you'd have to do Texas style, which is going to be uh, just salt and pepper. Matt, have you lost any weight yet? I've lost a little bit. I just got back on it three weeks ago, but I'm not just doing keto. I'm doing keto with fasting, which means like, yeah, this, me yeah. this morning I had a breakfast and then, uh, which was an omelet and some bacon and a sausage patty. And then I haven't had anything since. Wow. I, I'm doing, I'm skipping breakfast oh. and yeah. then I'm eating afternoons. So I won't eat till I get home, which will be like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night, depending. And then yeah. my wife, what she's going to do, she's going to cook me cabbage and she does this great cooked cabbage, which tastes, right. it tastes really good. And I'll eat that before bed. I can't eat any of that on my keto. Yeah. What, <laughs> what do you mean you can't eat that on your keto? Well, you were mentioning like cabbage and yeah. all that stuff. Mine's a lot more restrictive than that. Wow. Really? Yeah. Ricky, no, Ricky yeah. and I were talking the, about it. We're on the, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, the new one. <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, Wait, he's on, doing on. the intermittent is fasting the version. Guys, is this the one where you guys, you fast for 24 hours and then you can eat like cabbage and eggs and, and, and bacon and all that? No, I still can't eat all you, that. You can do the fasting though. You do, yeah, like, you do the fasting and then you just kill a person, you know? <laughs> Wait, are you going to show me what you're doing with the keto diet as in the island keto? Yeah. I've lost like 60 pounds in three days. It's amazing. Well, is that why you're wearing a loincloth? Well, partially. Oh. And also for comfort. Okay. I mean, now the face paint makes sense. Right. If you look at all the nutrients that you need in your body to keep it going, you are what you eat. Now, Therefore, you, I'm eating right. thin people. Now, okay. So that's what it's I was made just, out that, of people. It's made out of people. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you. Are you only eating the skinny people? Because you don't want to eat fat people. They have all, you already have the fat. Yeah, yeah it's already yeah. there. Yeah, yeah you just need the protein you, at this point. You dice, you dice them up, and I love a parade. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't believe in eating humans. Um, Rude. Yeah, I know. I just don't believe in it. I guess it's fine for you guys, but I just don't believe in eating humans. Okay. What's and it? I'm not saying that makes me better than you. I'm just saying that it probably kind of sort of does make me better than you. Wow. Prude <laughs> and judgmental. Yeah. You are so Catholic. Anyone isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Garbage people. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, stupid, truly and pioristic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing, to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody dig a very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think uh, the whole world will be vastly improved by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops. 
with Hawks and Matt. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. We're coming to you from a tropical island resort where we've set up a mini studio and sitting across from me putting anyone in his mouth but refusing to chew is Matt. Mm, just uh, going to let that linger for a second. <laughs> you won't eat them, but you'll, you know, eat I, them. I don't know. I'm starting to think I might eat them because I'm hungry, <laughs> motherfucker. This intermittent way, fasting is not working. Here. I'm sweating in places I didn't know I had. <laughs> Every nook and cranny you're we're, starting to sweat. Not, it's not just a musty jungle we're in, but I have a musty jungle below. <laughs> <laughs> I've shaved one half, lit it on fire, and then hammered off the other half. Yeah, so, so I'm feeling pretty breezy downstairs. So shaved one half, lit the other half on fire when all the cannibals came out you bashed him with a hammer right and yeah. that's that's my source of food now yeah okay that's nice also on his own cannibalistic keto diet from helming power hour short bus cinema and far too many numerous podcasts to even enumerate the man the myth and the legend it is ricky morgan how's it going buddy it's made out of paper <laughs> it's made out of paper oh, here we go uh, again oh we're back to that again <laughs> back to that again with the soiling green we, uh, just lay off uh, of it man it's a great product and you know what it's american so i, I know we're sitting in a, in a jungle hut where we're recording here uh-huh. at, a, at a tropical resort but how an elephant got in the room that we need to address i don't know oh yeah well nice <laughs> we, we, we have to talk about uh, it this is, this is awkward <laughs> yeah yeah obviously ricky and us have smoothed things out i mean danny and us we were always kind of on good terms with danny yeah and danny was always trying to kind of smooth things out and was trying to negotiate things and, and kind of make it better and, and mm-hmm. stop the arguing and the fighting and we did get that smoothed out, but we never told anybody what kind of happened or what was going on. Fuck them. I'm, no, I'm they, sorry. I think they have a right to know. Okay. We kind of hinted at it before. I'm and, sorry. I'm speaking out of hurt. Yeah, and it's also for my stomach because well, I'm hungry. And it's also <laughs> your fault too. How is it my fault? Because you asked if she bleaches her asshole. Did everybody want to know if bleached her asshole? Well, yes, but you don't ask a feminist that, and because of you, we got blacklisted from her agent. I'm going to own it, too, because I let you interview the person, but we cost Hail Ming a really big interview. Well, I think I asked it very tastefully. That doesn't matter. But you say it doesn't matter, so that means you agree with me. I have no taste. I love these kind of movies. You wanted to know if her asshole was bleached, so? I want to know if everyone's asshole's bleached. That's a clip. But seriously. (laughs) That's a a no for me, too. (laughs) There you go. You're down, too. Ricky and us, we've we've kind of made up, and, and we're really sorry. And we're thinking that we've got things smoothed over with the agent. However, I think we burnt our bridges with Well, and it also ended up on our part, too, because we were planning to interview And because of that and because of what you guys did, we ended up with instead. And we kind of pissed him off, too. So Number one, you can't blame me for the other guy being pissed off. You guys did that yourself. Yeah, that's all yeah, you. That's yeah. all you. Yeah. What do you expect? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're almost as good as everybody else. How, tell me how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, I just realized we've been using all of their names, and because of the NDA that oh, yeah. we all signed, I'm going to beep them all, so don't worry, guys. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. Let's yeah. make sure none of our fans know what actually happens here. The scathing voicemails that Bo got about this from not only the agent, but lawyers and all this other stuff, I mean, yeah. 
We single-handedly almost took down the network, and it's all our fault. Hell, Ming just kind of got through in that as well because, I mean, Bo was the one that actually brought up our name and did this comparison of where you guys should be. And that's just wrong, man. That's like telling one of your kids you love one more than the other. And that's just that's just bad. That's exactly how we took it. We yeah, felt that I Daddy didn't Bo love us anymore. More than yeah. me. Well, no, we've smoothed things over with Bo, too. I know. I'm just saying, for the situation, yeah. I blame him more than I blame me. Well, and the hurt feelings all around, I mean, <laughs> let's face it, Bo was angry that he never got invited on the show when a bunch of other people on the network did after he was gracious enough to let us join the network then we come in and we piss all over the carpet and fuck it all up with and their agents and all the lawyers Oh, fucking NDAs. I'm going to beep all of that. Listen, I told you. You're, really, it's not even Bo's fault. This is really lies squarely on your shoulders, Court. <laughs> because you I let you, you be on a podcast. Me, you know you can't let me off my leash. I'm fucking, I'm not housebroken. I'll piss all over the place. And I ask she has a bleached asshole. Yeah. Jesus sometimes Christ, that's a lot of you, beeping. Sometimes you have to put your own pets down. Yeah. <laughs> Just sometimes saying. you do. And I'm begging to be put down almost every fucking day. Life is fucking <laughs> miserable. Well, I do put you down in my way by constantly. Constantly belittling you on air. Yeah, but I want to die. <laughs> Get off the keto. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. All right, so before we move too much further, now that we've cleared the air, unless there's anything else you need to say, you know, just to kind of get it out there in the open, Rick? Uh, everything's cool, man. I, I think we've, we've uh, patched up the bridge and, and everything's really cool, man. Uh, you know, deep down, I've always loved you anyway. So uh, it's just uh, unfortunate things got like it did. But hey, you know, if you don't know what we're talking about, just go back about, I don't know, 10, 12, episodes on both shows probably further back on yours yeah because we and, go uh, crazy every week <laughs> yeah y'all can probably uh get the, the the meaning out of all of it but uh bygones be bygones we're here to talk some crazy italian stuff yeah but before we do that we need to actually i mean i'm sure that everybody knows because hail Ming's definitely a bigger show than us but in the what? in the offset chance that someone listening to this podcast cinema psyops has not heard of both ricky morgan and hail ming drop them some science on all the shit you've got going on right now well helming is a, a very odd show it's uh yeah uh, everything's fake uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything is fake uh sometimes even the movies that we cover are fake so uh it's just a fun entertaining show uh we try our best to have fun it's me and danny bennett uh, one of my best friends for the past 25 years and mark allison has joined us now so there's three of us we're the three amigos and it's hard to get three people into the only show that has a time machine that's the other thing is we have a time machine that we actually go back and it's ran by a time chicken. Yes, I know it's stupid, but that's the show. <laughs> and uh, we just cover just anything and everything that we think is just cool. So uh, that's that show. It's its own thing. I, I don't even know really what to compare it to. It's just kind of an oddball thing. Short Bus Cinema is me and the awesome Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation, which will be making its return real soon. And uh, Court, you ever checked out Kruger Nation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge Johnny Krug fan. I've been, yeah. I've been cyber stalking him for like ever, and I never had the balls to actually like really start talking with him until we both guested on the Hail Ming show when we did yeah. Demons together. Right. And, uh, yeah, huge fan of Johnny yeah. Krug. Well, he's he's about ready to crank it back up, but we're doing Short Bus together, which is basically we're trying to find the worst movie ever made and just do a show out of it. It's a ton of fun, man. We have a blast on that show. So, two entertaining shows. I've got uh, something new that's coming out that I can't really speak freely about just yet, but Court has seen some of the footage and I think it's pretty cool. It's his sex tape. I'm oh. not I'm it's not going to lie. It's, oh, it's Ricky's yeah. sex tape. Now, real quick. Yeah. Glorious. Real quick. You guys are searching.
watching for the worst movie ever made? Yeah. Munchies. There you go. Your show's <laughs> over. You don't have to do it anymore. No. Not even close, dude. Yeah. Not even no, close. No, Munchies is actually good compared to some of the things that they've done. Holy right. shit. Matt, to cure your curiosity, just go to YouTube and type in Star Crystal. Oh, God. Oh, no. And All watch right. it for, I don't know, three minutes and then come back and tell me about Munchies. Wait, <laughs> Wait that's not the movie that we were doing this week? <laughs> no. Munchies. Well, it can be. <laughs> Munchies actually had at least some parts with Harvey Corman in it that were, were good. You're right. At least it had it had actors in it. I got to respect Harvey Corman <laughs> on that yeah. one. <laughs> Matt just hates it because he can't tolerate bad comedy. It's his kryptonite, man. Uh, he just goes it's, nuts. And it's bad comedy trying to be passed off as good. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me really fucking angry. <laughs> or would you have like a main character in a movie that's supposed to be the funny guy and has funny little clip and right. none of them are funny and he's yeah. not the funny guy and you just want to fucking punch him in the face? Yeah, that I have a problem. Basically, but the people who listen to this show and have to deal with you, Matt. That's you. You go fuck yourself. <laughs> you go fuck you. You go fuck yeah. You go fuck you. Hashtag <laughs> you go fuck you. Well, while I go fuck myself, let's take a little break here. We'll play a promo from one of Ricky's amazing podcasts. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of Doctor Butcher, MD, mm. Medical Woo-hoo. Deviant, <laughs> because that's the version of Zombie Holocaust that we watched. And when we come back, we will have the fucked up crazy trailer for Doctor Butcher, MD, Medical Deviant. I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. (laughs) Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it. Send Rick and Penny in Wool Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the visual screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud 2? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Helming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming for now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At WW. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Helming. Breaking two? Electric bullets? Samurai cop, aren't you? It's not a life, it's not this kind of storm. You watch TV, you don't want any more. Oh, I tried to warn you, oh, I could not stop you, oh. You've got ideas in your head, they won't happen, you're not living dead. I tried to warn you, oh, I could not stop you, oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, man. Was it like, uh, I don't remember how many years ago, but we lost Wendy Williams on Friday quite a few years ago. I think it was in like 98. So we're talking, what, 20 years now, guys? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I still miss her, man. I don't know who that is. Wendy Williams? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you will learn when we watch Reform School Girls. Okay. Oh, you will learn and you will fall in love with Wendy Williams. I can't wait. Yeah. You know what I'm in love with, Matt? <laughs> What's that? This trailer. Don't do this to me, please, doctor. The patient screamed, disturbing me, performed removal of vocal cords. His name is Dr. Butcher, MD, medical deviant. He has perverted the science of medicine for his own maniacal means. Dr. Butcher, MD, medical deviant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success, what it's like to pass from life to death and death to life. See Dr. Butcher's diabolical surgery. You must have a psychopathic deviant in the hospital. See him mutilate patients with his murderous scalpel. Dr. Butcher loves New York. There are so many attractive patients to operate on. I could easily kill you now. But I'm determined to have your brain be the culmination of my career. Dr. Butcher, medical deviant. He loves to operate on beautiful women. I'm on the verge of discovering the key to, to increasing man's lifespan by over a hundred years. Prepare the operating table. I'm anxious to experiment on a male Caucasian brain. Well, the time has come for you to play your part in this momentous occasion. Science must surmount all obstacles and this requires certain sacrifices. It will comfort you to know that generations to come will reap great benefits from my experiments. You're a bloodthirsty lunatic. Dr. Butcher, M.D. Medical deviant. He's a depraved, sadistic rapist, a bloodthirsty, homicidal killer, and he makes house calls. Doctor Butcher, M.D. Man, to hear that trailer, you would think that you're about to watch the biggest exploitation classic ever made. Well, yeah, I mean, well, you don't even think that there's going to be cannibals in it or zombies, right? You don't think any of that. You think it's just some weird doctor in New York City killing people. Well, weird doctor in New York City killing people, and he's also like a sadistic rapist. Yeah, all that shit. And Fuck. he loves to operate on beautiful women. By the way, what I... I, I want to see the movie that this trailer promises right, me. Right. <laughs> when I Googled this movie, because I always do like look up information about it, when I'm watching it and I saw it actually went under the name Zombie Holocaust I'm uh -huh. like oh it's one of my first you know something Holocaust films in this show right? because I know in the 80s exploitation films love throwing something Holocaust into it kind of yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the king of all is cannibal Holocaust yeah of course it doesn't get much more exploited but, you know, I was that. like oh my god it's also my first cannibal film exploitation film and those are I'm like was this in the 80s made in the 80s I believe so yeah it's like yeah. 1980 yeah. even or, I think it was released as Dr. Butcher, MD, it's medical deviant in 1981. What was with the 80s and cannibalism? I guess it's kind of like the cannibal movies being huge. Racism? Yeah. Racism fuels these cannibal well, movies? It's, it's, I guess it's also kind of like uh, in the no. mid-2000s, uh, you know, zombies were just fucking everywhere and huge. Zombies never really went away. People I guess, just, but I'm just, they just they got more popular. They dipped below the pop culture in the yeah. 90s for a little while because they were too expensive to make. So uh, there's that. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to break down the plot line of this movie. I can't wait. Wait, there's no plot. Oh. I'm going to tell you about the story of this movie. Excellent. Now, now we're talking. Yeah. There's no story. Uh, <laughs> damn it. I'm going to give you as close as possible a play-by-play -play of the things as they show up on screen. Yes. And then I'm going to try and explain to you what it is I think is going on. Okay. As best as possible. And I think between the three of us. Yes. We will either concoct our own story that may or may not make sense out of this, or, or we'll just have a really good time laughing at all the ridiculous shit that's on screen. Or we will 
will be lost. That's going to be a sure thing. Yeah. We will be lost, but we will be lost together in the jungle as we try to explain the film. So here we go. All right. So the film opens up on a synthy score that sounds like a glitching Casio keyboard. I increasingly get more and more annoyed as it goes on. As we see a smoke filled stone staircase, which is looking pretty creepy, and a somewhat smoke filled cemetery, it kind of looks like the smoke machine was malfunctioning. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. Yeah. There was like a couple puffs hovering above like one, maybe two tombstones. Uh-huh. Yeah, it looked like maybe Cheech and Chong had filled the bong and were like holding in one hit. <laughs> the guys, we're shooting a movie here. Sorry, sorry. Alright, so they jump cut from that barely smoke-filled cemetery to the title card, Dr. Butcher MD. Sadly, there's no medical deviant in parentheses underneath. Yeah, right? I'm serious, I, I almost wept. I was so sad. <laughs> That's like the best part to add. <laughs> and it's a yellow background, and then they cut away from this to the tombstone again with the name Snuff Maximus. Does that sound like a porn name to anybody? Yes. <laughs> and that, I mean, that should have been like, I can't believe that wasn't already a name. All right, so we got Snuff Maximus, who apparently died in 1973 at the age of 22. They cut away from that to a rocking tombstone. And by rocking, I don't mean like, don't come a knocking because the tombstone's moving. You need to go running. Yeah, right. You don't want to go knock it. No. That falls over. And then we see red credits on black. And it sure feels like the end credits of the film. Like we're just completely done with it, which would have been the shortest film ever. <laughs> in cinema psyops history. <laughs> yeah, right. But we don't get that. Just the opening credits. That was old school. I haven't seen that since like the old black and white 30s films where they would do all of the cast credits up front. Okay. And then if they rolled the credits again at the end of the movie, they would say a good cast is worth repeating. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> that never, or not. I've never Yeah, have. the old black and white movies did that all the time. Okay. The story with that, this is really the only real big difference between Dr. Butcher and Zombie Holocaust. This is the opening. They basically brought this movie over. They said, hey, throw a beginning on this and make it Americanized. So this stuff at the beginning, they just made up after they sent it over here and this uh, Roy Frimkus has got made uh, Street Trash. Oh yeah, we actually did, uh, was it our first commentary, Matt, that we did Street Trash? I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We both love Street Trash. <laughs> street oh yeah, trash yeah. Was, was Absolutely. Rocking. Yeah. So, but that, that's the story of this beginning and it's just, I don't know, it's like we have to have a zombie at the beginning and some tombstones even though it really has nothing to do with the rest of the story. So that's kind of what we got. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the only changes that they made. The actual synth score that got put in over top right. of it that I've already been bitching about, that's actually from, I think, Emanuela and the Last Cannibals or something like that. Yep, yep. And so they popped in the synth score from that movie over top of it. They trimmed a few other things, and we'll kind of talk about it as, as we get to those areas of the film as well. But you're right. The absolute biggest difference is this. And I was under the impression that the Roy Frumke's little short film thing that starts the movie off for Dr. Butcher MD <laughs> was actually a movie that he didn't finish, yep. and they just bought it right. from him, right? Yeah, yeah. He had shot this little little film and didn't ever really finish it, I think. So they just used the footage from that and threw it on here and there you go. You got a movie. That's what I love about exploitation film from 42nd oh, Street. Yeah. This is so pure. The most like perfect example of how exploitation and grindhouse cinema worked in, in 42nd Street. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I can say that because they actually cut this on 42nd Street yeah. and it was released on 42nd Street. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, this so, is legit. Yeah. So they cut away from that to a hand coming up out of the grave. And I got to say, Roy Frumke is actually not a bad filmmaker at all. What he's got here is setting right. some mood. It's just being messed with by the editors, so. though. Mm-hmm. Then, we then see the hand that shoots out of the grave, and then we see another hand that shoots out, and then a whole zombie comes pushing up through. And then right after that happens, it then jump cuts to zombies from somewhere else, obviously in a jungle. We know it's from <laughs> later in the film, but they're just like, zombies, zombies, we're promising you, zombies, stick there's around. A, there's zombies, just trust us. <laughs> and then they cut from that to like a zombie wandering through the 
the tunnel, and I'm guessing that it's the zombie from the Frumkeys movie because it looks about the same at night. Very spooky, very ominous stuff. As that zombie looks up at the sky, they cut to more zombies in the jungle wandering around aimlessly in broad daylight. So this movie yep. has no care for continuity. No. It feels like an Ed Wood film at the start, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're trying to show that zombies can connect to each other no matter how far away. <laughs> Let's all, go with that. All our debtor brothers and share one brain. Right. <laughs> kind of like me, Boz, and Duncan. Uh. <laughs> all right. So we then see a newspaper headline. I'm lazy. I didn't want to write down everything that was in it. So I just took a photo of the screen. Oh, my God. I was like, when I saw it, I'm like, I bet Cord takes a picture of it. You want to know why I think that? Because that's exactly what I would do if <laughs> yeah. I was taking the notes. Yeah, it's easier than just fucking writing it all down. So the headline says, Terror Grips City. Over 100 corpses disturbed in latest macabre spree. Story on page three. The cemetery and two hospitals vandalized. Page five. See link to bizarre death cult. Page 14. And then uh, the caption in the photo is shot while eating the heart of a woman who just died in a car crash. Right. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. I think eventually I'm going to try and still frame this terror grip city out yeah. of that. And I, I may That's or may not use that. That's the most action-packed newspaper ever. But it gives you everything you need to know about the plot? No, 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 no. Of the film? Story. <laughs> Uh, things. things happening. Yeah, 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 <laughs> things yeah. in the film happening, yeah. All right, so after that photo, they cut from that to a man in an overcoat looking an awful lot like the dude from Pieces with his hat and everything. Oh, yeah. Doesn't oh, move yeah. quite as well as the dude from Pieces, but still looking pretty good in that overcoat and hat. Very giallo of him to dress like that. He walks into a morgue, and that's set to more of that weird, glitchy-sounding synth music, probably made for the porno parts of Emmanuel, because most of those Emmanuel films are softcore porn. Yeah. So they're playing softcore porn music over cannibalistic actions. Nice. I'm kind of into that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm going to stop talking shit about this score. <laughs> it's just so weird and it just doesn't fit. He shines a light on a corpse, then gets out some Ziploc bags and some various Twistex bags and things like that. A medical saw and all this other stuff from his suitcase. Then he saws off the corpse's hand, which I just want to point that's absolute horse shit. If you know how to remove things from boning the joints where you yeah. go in between you don't need a saw no he didn't saw far enough back on the arm to make it worthwhile to saw and if this person knew how to cut up people they would know how to hey 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 hey, hey. <laughs> you don't think that no i'm not overthinking <laughs> it i just know how to dismember a human no, no, no. being and there's no, no way the karate kid learned all that stuff in three months <laughs> 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 hey, hey, I'm, but, I'm trying to help here. Oh, right. People, people listen right. to the saying. I would never, ever know dismember how, a person. Better say know how to dismember a person. No, I know how, I just would but never do it. Don't, don't think you know how, man. It don't matter. It's the O.J. Simpson thing where you say, I didn't do it, but if I did, here's how. Listen, listen. <laughs> with the things you've said about cops on this show, uh -huh. you really need to watch your language. <laughs> It's all about phrasing. With the things I say about cops to their faces. Yeah. I really need to watch what I say on this show. Yeah, okay, fair enough. You can actually go through the parts of the bone. So, like, I don't know why he's sawing at the wrist bone. It just seems kind of pointless, but it's probably for the effect of the sound of the sawing and watching the hand come off. It still looks cool. It's still a decent effect. Uh, he bags the hand, and I'm assuming that's for freshness, because if you're going to consume it, you want to make sure that it's nice and airtight. But am I wrong, or did anybody else see Ziploc bags there, but he doesn't use them? Yeah. 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 He puts it yeah. in like a regular plastic bag and I just know, twist right? it shut. Like a salad bar or something. You know, he's going up and just picking, well, you know, the, the feet are looking pretty good today. Uh, we'll take some of this hand. And he treats it the same way I treat a bag of bread. After I was going to say that. Sandwich. You jumped on that I before I could. I never for it. Just 
spin it shut. <laughs> yeah, you spin that bread around yeah. until it twists shut, and then you, you tuck it underneath. Tuck it underneath. That's exactly how he's sealing Perfect. up the hand. Yeah. <laughs> so he puts that in his case. He gets everything uh, all put away and locked up, and then he covers the corpse right back up. And they fade from that into a black screen, and then they cut from that black screen to the next day. And because there's dialogue in this film, and I have no idea still what's going on, I'm going to let them explain it in our next clip. We'll start by illustrating the stomach. Our lesson today is about the stomach. As I was saying, our subject today is the stomach. I bet it was you chopped that hand off. Mike, why'd you say that? Well, didn't you say you wanted a hand to help you study? (laughs) (laughs) You must have a pretty sick sense of humor to be able to laugh during anatomy class. It's out of place and also highly offensive. I see no point in continuing. You're dismissed. Sorry, Professor. Sorry. Won't you ever change? Last night, this body was intact. I checked it myself. The second time this month that something like this has happened. You must have a psychopathic deviate in the hospital. Maybe we should report it to the police. No, that's out of the question. Police investigation would give us a bad name. I finally finished with the anthropological research you asked me for last week, Professor Stafford. I'm sorry I'm so late in giving it to you, but during the past few days, I've had a lot of other things on my mind. Is anything wrong, Lori? No, no, I'm fine. It's something else, Professor. Oh, don't worry about it being late. Your work is always worth waiting for. You're the best researcher I have. Now, what's troubling you? Well? Well, strange things have been going on at the hospital. Pieces of corpses have been disappearing. Today, we discovered someone had stolen a hand. That sounds to me like a student gag, you know, a fraternity initiation task. Could be. You should have seen the things we had to do in my day. (laughs) Lori, I thought you were into macrobiotics and vegetarian foods. Well, I am sometimes, but today I thought I'd spoil myself. So long, Professor. And whenever you need me, just call. You know anthropology is still my secret passion. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, Lori. Okay, this is one of the things that's a little bit different from this clip than what we actually have in the zombie holocaust version. There's more backstory about Lori's character and her life and how she came from, you know, the tropic area that we're about to go visit. Oh, yeah. She knew the natives or something like that. That probably would have made more sense later on down the line. Yes, especially when she says that she was raised there and we're like, when the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Like, how the fuck do you have all this stuff from these people? If all that would have been in the movie earlier, Uh that ending would have made some sense. Well, here's the thing, though. They (laughs) cut it out because it took too much time to get between exploitative elements and they have a very certain audience, dick fucks like me, that they got to try and keep their attention so they're going no story more exploitation exactly and right. that's why that's why they removed all that stuff gotcha so, yeah that's another one of those cuts that they took out and they even kind of hint at that perhaps maybe she's the cannibal because she was raised on this particular island in subject that we're talking about they kind of have the red herring thing with the meat in the fridge and the way yeah. they react to it but whatever and they pointed out in the car too where he's like oh that's odd why are you eating meat yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it's friday and you're catholic why are you eating meat you could go to hell <laughs> <laughs> nah, they don't bet. <laughs> now this is Lent. Uh, after this, they cut to a nurse walks into a patient's room. She steps yeah. into a pool of blood and pulls back the blanket for the reveal of a gutted patient. And she screams. Nice well, effects. Ca- kinda. She kinda screams. <laughs> it is a spliced together scream of somebody else that they just replayed in a very short loop. And she just opens her mouth and shakes her head. <laughs> it's one of the funniest screams in, in movie history, I think. Yeah, it's like the female equivalent of the Wilhelm scream almost, because I think I've heard that in other flicks too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not well done. <laughs> I'm guessing that Just the saying. actress herself probably didn't have 
pipes. The reason that people became quote unquote screen queens is because they had a great scream. Yeah. Nobody screams right. like Jamie Lee Curtis, man. No. The queen. Right. The queen. The queen of screaming. Right. Yeah. Pure and simple. And I know that that's considered a derogatory term now by some people that don't like that. But I mean, nobody has a scream like her. Yeah. I'm serious. It's yeah. just the way that no. it goes. The greatest scream ever. Maybe Nancy Allen. She's pretty fucking good at screaming too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's incredible. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking first and second here. But anyway, they cut from this sort of scream where it's an overdub to the main doctors getting the news and it looks as though the patient's heart was ripped out of the chest in less than 10 minutes because they talk about how the people were away for about 10 minutes. It was between shifts or something like that. And then they came in to check on the patient and it was less than 10 minutes between the last time someone had checked and the heart was ripped out of the chest. And they were kind of implying that maybe they did it with their hands, I'm guessing, because they didn't really talk that it looks like it was an incision. It's just like somebody got in there and ripped yeah. out some hearts. Yeah. So you know what I'm thinking, right? Mm. Ogaram, sugaram. Oh, no. <laughs> Ogaram, sugaram. Don't look into his eyes. Ogaram, sugaram. No look. Baby, cover your heart. Ogaram, sugaram. Wow. That was something. What? A little short round. That I could do a short round? <laughs> yeah. They cut from this to Taxi pulls up. It's the Doc Lori that we were talking about earlier going to her very green carpeted apartment. Not just the carpet, though, man. We're talking a very lime green decor in that place. Oh, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, right? That was somebody's taste because I don't think that they decorated it to look like that just for the movie. No. They shot that in somebody's house <laughs> in their somebody, bedroom. Somebody at some point in time said, this is what class looks like. <laughs> they're like, right. they're, they looked at Lime Jello and went, yes, this is what my apartment should be. <laughs> <laughs> I dig the wallpaper though. That really contrasty, like floral, like print wallpaper. I really did dig. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's the Italian idea of what a New York room <laughs> would look like. It's like if Dario Argento gave up on making things look good, that's what this apartment is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she is getting undressed, and we get to watch in real time as she does a slow motion jazz strip. Not completely naked, but down to the bra and panties, so thank you, movie, at this point. Yeah, right. Yes, sir. I'm not going to shake a stick at that, man. Mm-hmm. She looked good. Yeah, yeah she, she would. <laughs> she, uh, she stayed on the keto diet. <laughs> All right, so she goes to her fridge wearing nothing but a robe that's barely tied around. Still walking around in bra and panties. Thank you, movie. That's what you do. I mean, I do it all the time. You walk around in bra and panties? Absolutely. Go I'm wearing on. them right now. All right. <laughs> Talk slowly. <laughs> Describe them to I us. Raspy. My bra and panties. <laughs> Somehow Just Matt finds that you. even more Hold sexy. On. Yeah, I, no one told you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she goes to her fridge and we get a scare cord as they reveal the meat we were referring to earlier inside it. Looks like she kind of lovingly caresses it, which, not going to lie, not too upset about a woman caressing meat lovingly. Yeah. Amen, brother. <laughs> you know, in context, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but the doorbell rings, ruining my fetishy meaty fun. As always. So she goes to answer it and because... Because once again, there's some dialogue and I don't know what's going on still. That's our next clip. Play that clip. <laughs> yes, what can I do for you? Hi, I'm Susan Kelly from the New York Express. Can I come in? You'll be all alone. I was just on my way out. Uh, that's all right. It'll only take a few minutes. Now that you've pushed your way in here, what do you want? Well, to tell the truth, I just wanted a little information about these mysterious happenings at your hospital. Something about cannibalism, from what I hear. Where the hell did you hear that crap? Let's just say a little newshound sense of smell. Really? Then you must have a cold, because there's no mystery that I know... That you're willing to talk about. Listen, I'm in a hurry. I have to go on duty, and I'm late. At this hour? Anything wrong with that? Yeah, you've never worked this shift. I'm well informed. 
I have to sub for some. Mm -hmm. What's that? It's a ceremonial knife for human sacrifice. Oh. Now, if you'll excuse me. Hold it. <laughs> Turan, lock him up downstairs. <laughs> After him, quick. Believe it. It seems impossible to see. We must call the police now. What's happened? Turan. Turan, why? Turan. Turan. Keto. Keto? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there's a whole lot to unpack on this. Okay. So during this, we actually see Torin get caught. He's the one that's been doing all of this uh, mutilation and possibly killing throughout the hospital. He's trying to get his cannibal on, but they catch him and then they kind of get all accusatory. And then for some reason, he's all ashamed of whatever he did. And then he tries to run away and then they catch him again. And then he ends all of this by jumping out of the goddamn window. He miraculously transforms into a dummy. And you see an arm yeah. fly off at one point. Yes, yeah, you absolutely do. Yes, I love this. <laughs> One of the things I love about Italian cinema more than anything else is you will always have a dummy falling from a great height yes. in almost every single one of these exploitation really? films. Yes. And more than it likely, is... a body part falls off midway through. I love yeah. it. I already love it. You, you literally see the arm pop off and go across the floor and then you get a close up of him and of course the arm's back on. It's just, yeah. it's movie magic. <laughs> and the, the Italians are just the absolute best because it's cheaper to leave a mistake in the movie than to fix it. <laughs> He's you got know. an arm oh. off. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, I'll leave it in. And they, <laughs> thanks Mario. <laughs> I'm a Mario. I'm, I'm a broad Mario. stereotype of character. <laughs> don't you want to, don't you want to watch that back and see how it looks? No, it's a good, let it run. <laughs> All right. So we see Turin plummeting to his death as he miraculously transforms into a dummy that loses an arm and then miraculously gains it back. Once they get there, he's like fucking swamp thing. Yeah. And they, they make it down the stairs and down the elevator super fucking fast. Yeah, that was pretty fast, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're in a lot better shape than we are these days. Well, yeah, because yeah. they're on the keto diet. Of course. <laughs> That's back when they started jogging. That was the big thing. So, yeah. you know, jogging? you might need to get back to that. Jogging, uh, yes. Is that a hard <laughs> or a soft J? <laughs> <laughs> and they cut from this miraculous death and reattaching of the arm to the city travel log shot of New York. Just a warning, everybody. Anything in this film that had actual dialogue is considered for a clip. Oh, right. <laughs> And yet we only have 12. Oh. <laughs> After an extended city travelogue of New York, we get some more dialogue and therefore our next clip. <laughs> I only caught a couple of words. Keto. Keto ordered it. And nothing else, Mr. Chen. Well, I'm afraid we're off to a pretty meager start. Keto means nothing at all to me. But it, it does to me. You see, it's a word that was once common to nearly all the dialects, all the ancient dialects of Southeast Asia. And what does it stand for? Divine Island or something religion. Do you know if this word keto was also used in the Malotian archipelago? Yes, it was. It's just that we've ascertained that the uh, hospital attendant originally came from that part of the world. So that one of the Malotan islands may, well, somehow have something to do with all this. Maybe. You, uh, you seem to know a great deal about these people. Enough. I want to show you something. Miss Ridgway, in the Malottos, did the natives practice cannibalism? All primitive peoples practiced it, without exception. Uh, thank you. Now, in all probability, your attendant was an anthropophagus. Or cannibal. Similar cases have been popping up in other cities. That's why the Department of Health have asked us to investigate. Here, you can carry on with the slides, George. Right. Now, so far, we've been able to keep all this under our hats. But this is the documentation we have of several recent incidents. I'm afraid they're not very pleasant to look at. But stop. Enlarge the picture. He's the only one that's been captured to date. There's a link between the hospital attendant and that man there. They found him eating the heart of a woman that just died in a highway accident. Incredible. Unfortunately, we were never able to question. When the police found him, he reacted so violently, they were forced to shoot him. Looks Asiatic, too. Yes, yes, he was. And now I suppose we can at least theorize that he came from the Malottas. 
Have you noticed the tattoo on his chest? It's the same. I looked it up. It's also been found in the Molotas. My friend, Professor Stafford, can confirm that. Could you fix up a meeting with him tomorrow? Oh, yes, I'm sure. Great. Laurie's interpretation of the word keto is correct. There's only one detail that I can add. It was also the name given to the island where uh, keto supposedly lived. Uh, oh, wait a second. Interesting. This is the symbol of the sect of keto. You were right. It's the same. Did they ever make blood sacrifices to this guy? Oh, yes, they did, and with human victims. Thank you, Professor. Goodbye. See you soon, Laurie. Goodbye, Nice Professor. meeting you. Okay, so that cleared up absolutely nothing. I still yeah. have no idea what's going on. What is this movie about again? Um, A doctor. Okay. A butcher. Okay. And an MD. I swear at the beginning of this conversation, Ian McCulloch says, Keto. Well, that gets us off to a meaty start. Like, what? <laughs> hey, can we just... That's what it like he said. Can we just talk about Ian McCulloch for a minute? He adds way too much class and gravitas to everything he's in. Right. He feels so <laughs> out of place in this film. I feel like I'm watching like Laurence Olivier just slumming it the whole time he's <laughs> on screen. The, the problem is, is he's already done this movie, which we may talk about later on. But I mean, there's a story behind this movie of why it was made. So and it includes Ian McCulloch. After the clip, we see the doctor Lori goes back to her apartment to find it has been burgled. Not a burgled. Not a, not a word I get to use very often. It's been burgled. <laughs> By, can't just by the say Yes, it was the Hamburglar pimp, actually, oh, who the, burgled her place. The Hamburglar. The Hamburglar pimp. Rabba-rabba. Rabba-rabba. The only thing that's been taken in this burglary is the sacrificial knife with the weird sort of X or I don't know how else to put it. It's like an infinity sign, but somebody didn't finish drawing it. <laughs> well, I was surprised yeah. that this whole cannibal thing is represented by basically an Easter egg. I mean, <laughs> that's what it looks like to me. So Yeah, it does. It's like an Easter egg with an unfinished infinity sign on it, basically. Pretty much. <laughs> all right, so she finds her sacrificial knife is missing, and miraculously, all of her couch cushions are strewn about the room, but are only unzipped and just kind of left hanging open to look as if they've been cut. But if you look closely, they've just been unzipped. So clearly, whoever's apartment it was didn't let them actually trash it to film there. Yeah, no. Because I don't know anybody that just unzips politely. Yeah, right. <laughs> Usually the couch cushions are all slashed up when somebody's looking for shit. She gets freaked out justifiably so by having her whole life ransacked like this and runs for the door to bump flat into the very classy Ian McCollum who attempts to calm her after checking her apartment and he checks it just basically by walking into the kitchen looking around a little bit and declaring that everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Let's just, go get a drink. Yeah. Literally, that's pretty much yeah. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> he notices that the dagger's gone at this point after he checks the apartment by just walking around the kitchen. I swear to God, he's just looking for snacks. Yeah. <laughs> he gives two fucks about someone hiding in her apartment. I wonder if she had Oreos. <laughs> you got some crunching munch up in here? <laughs> No, 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 I better not. I'm on this keto diet. I can't have any of that. What's this falafel <laughs> stuff you're talking about? That sounds falafel to me. <laughs> For the 100th time, someone refuses once again to bring the police into the situation because she says, what good would it do that her apartment's been ransacked? Yeah, I don't know. They could maybe gather evidence. Not in the 80s and not in New York. Yeah. Nah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although maybe, I don't know. Uh, probably not. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah, no, New York was a fucking debilitarized zone at this that's time. That's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I honestly feel like they're like, no, seriously, don't bother calling the cops. They won't show up in time. We might as well just deal with this ourselves. They'll show up in like 60 days. <laughs> and by then, we'll never have gone to a cannibal island. So <laughs> they're like the cable man. Well, they'll show up sometime between tomorrow 
and next Thursday. Make sure you know. <laughs> yeah. It would be helpful if you could just leave the door open and maybe the psychopath who broke in will come back. <laughs> and then we can catch him in the act as he murders you. Yeah. Do us a solid. Yeah. All right. So they go get a drink together instead of bothering with the police. And they cut from this to a big fucking apartment building or office building or something like that. It's not really known because all we really see is sort of like an office area where they're having drinks. And because they're talking about things that may or may not clear up the plot. Quick hint. They won't clear up the plot. (laughs) Gotta keep them ringed in, man. I'm sorry. That's our next clip. On the basis of your information, we've organized an expedition to the Malot. Did you know that there's an island there that's still called Quito? by the natives? We're going to be helped by uh, Dr. Obrero, been out there for years. Of course, for the time being, we uh, well, we won't tell him the real reason for us being there, but it would be very nice if you could be with us too, uh, as a, an anthropologist, of course. Now look, I've already got the okay from Dr. Dritter. It's not that. It's that I know the Molotos. I lived there as a child with my parents. It was the most beautiful part of my life. I wouldn't want to see those places again with different eyes. Yes, but you can't spend your adult life living on childhood memory. Hi there, Peter. Hello. Ah, here's George and Susan. She do with this. Here's George's girl. Come and have a drink. Hmm, great idea. She certainly does get around. I'll bet she's been telling you I'm a rude and nosy bitch. <laughs> you said it. Let me add that I'm ambitious, a go-getter, and that I'd sell my soul for the proverbial scoop. Well, you never know. This may be your very first Pulitzer. <laughs> Better be nice. You're not kidding. But hey, lady, give this a Pulitzer. <laughs> Oh, boy. Mm. We've already infected him with our filth. Yes. Come to the dark side. We have cookies. Oh, he came all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She gave him a Pulitzer. Exactly. <laughs> I, I like Ian McCulloch, too. It'd be great if you would come along for your anthropology skills. Not the fact that you just will get naked in a drop of a hat. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. What are you talking about? Yeah. Hey, can you shut up for a minute? <laughs> Dude, don't ruin this for us. Motherfucker, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they get the travel log on the way to the set of Lucio Fulci Zombie, and they end up meeting Dr. Obero, MD, or Oberon, or oh, fuck it. It's Dr. Butcher, everybody. We know it's Dr. Butcher. <laughs> he was in Dr. the fucking Butcher. trailer. This is Dr. fucking Butcher. Medical deviant. After some pleasantries are exchanged, they step into the home for some cold drinks and a little chat about the upcoming expedition and how the doc had set it all up for them. This doesn't feel like it's helping us along with the plot. This is more or less explaining things that we're about to see. So I kind of left that out clip-wise because I think we can kind of tell what's going on there. All, yeah. of, all of a sudden, Lori decides that she's extremely tired and it's time for her to go to bed. So they cut yeah. to her getting undressed again. Yeah. Thank you, movie. Thanks, movie. We see yeah. some boobies this time. Oh, oh, yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. No, very feminine. Whoa. Very quite nice. the body, yes. Yeah. And as... Yeah. as <laughs> For every yeah appeared over there, I'm thinking that's every jerk he's doing right now. <laughs> While she's getting undressed, thank you, movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this time as a zombie handed native just kind of pops up and starts looking in, getting all peeping Tom on her, which almost makes me feel guilty. And because yeah. <laughs> And because they start talking plot dialogue at this point, that's our next clip. I'm afraid it'll be no pleasure cruise. Is Quito very far from here, Doctor? It's at the other end of the archipelago, the next to last island before you reach the open sea. The natives are the most primitive I've ever seen. I'm sure you'll find them quite fascinating. If I understand correctly, you intend to study their habits and customs. Well, hopefully, yeah. I'm afraid I don't share your enthusiasm. I know the natives on Quito intimately. They're cruel, superstitious, and absolutely unwilling to accept any form of civilization. Sometimes I feel like packing it all in rather than go on trying to treat them. You sound as if you could do with a good vacation. Why don't you come back with us to New York when we've uh, finished here? I might just do that. 
What's the matter? Oh, look, Peter, it's horrible. It's that symbol again. Oh, the symbol of Keto. Calm down, Miss Ridgeway. If the natives had wanted to do you any harm, they could easily have done so. Wow. So she gets no agency with Dr. Butcher around. He's like, hey, listen, lady, this building you're in isn't exactly safe, okay? What is the signal of Keto? Is it a slice of bacon? I mean... <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I picture Keto. Pretty much, it's Keto. During this clip, Lori finds a rotten head in her bed, and if you ask me, that's nothing to scream about because, hey, free head, lady. Uh, huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah. But he Just, seems pretty dead at it, though. So. Yeah, he might be a dead fuck. Yeah. Sometimes people are into that, though. Mm, they like the starfish. Dry docking. <laughs> 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 They're heading out the following day in a very cheery mood for finding something dead in her bed. And it's all set to what I have in my notes as 70s porn music. And when you realize that it's borrowed score from Emmanuel and The Last Cannibals, that makes perfect sense. Just saying. Yeah. All right. So. Right on the money. <laughs> right on the money shot. The motor, <laughs> the motor is overheating on the way to Quito. So they decide to camp at a closer island to make the necessary repairs for the motor. One of the doc Oberon, a.k.a. Dr. Butcher MD, medical deviant. One of his men gets all shifty-eyed at this suggestion. I don't know, did you guys notice that? Yeah. That guy was Ooh. really selling how nervous he was with the way he was shifting his eyes back and forth uh, between the two what? of them. You want to go to that island? No, There's no, uh, nothing uh, wrong with that, but uh, why that we'll, island? We'll make it to the other island. Uh, no. Fine. All right, so they get to the island where they cut from this to sunset in the tropics. For no reason, we just get this, like, sunset shot. It's just filling in space here. They cut from that to camping out for the night as guns are broken out just in case because they're in this savage land, quote-unquote, yeah. savage land. Ian McCulloch suggests that they set up a watch just before a scream is heard, created by one one of the crewmen who just walked away and it turns out that that crewman is now turned up missing. They won't search at night because it's too dark out there and fuck him for walking away when he was told not to. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, movie, right. the movie cuts from this to first light as they are all still not searching even though the sun's position seems to be about 10 a.m. Did you guys notice that? The sun was really high in the sky. This does not look like first light to me. Yeah, right? Late sleepers. Yeah. Yeah, listen, at one point when they're searching they had been searching for exactly five Five minutes, it looked like late evening. I'm like, what the fuck time did you start? It reminds me of in Wagons <laughs> East where he's like, we start at dawn, noonish. <laughs> right. <laughs> Alright, so they send out a search party for what they say is 30 minutes, but Matt is absolutely right. They look for all of five minutes. It starts getting dark and shit hits the fan. The reporter insists on going along as well. She refuses to be left behind and because she's a woman who demands agency in an exploitation film in the late 70s, early 80s, they all balk at her. Yes. <laughs> they all go stumbling on the search through the jungle in the underbrush. They're tripping around looking like a bunch of people that are way out of their element because they are. Donnie, you are out of your fucking element. It's a collective group of Donnies it and is. they are constantly out of their element. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As more Casio glitch music, which I promised I wouldn't talk shit about, so I just broke that. Pierces our eardrums. There's some parts in this film where that high-pitched, like, wailing kind of Casio key hit really does hurt my ears. I was watching this with headphones on, so yeah, I had that a few times. Yeah. My ears are
are still ringing from doing the clips earlier. <laughs> All right, so we then see the crewman's mutilated corpse just kind of laying out there for everybody when they find him in the search. It took them all of six minutes, and then it's super dark. Gotta say, the mutilated corpse, very sexy. Um, His guts are removed. They're kind of hanging out. They're like, hey, we got these cow guts. Yeah, just set them on top of them. Yeah, just there you <laughs> go. Shouldn't we make a stomach cavity look like it's open? No, just no, set them there. Just set them there. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just just set them there. Put them down. Just, Fuck it, Donnie, put them down. <laughs> <laughs> they all converge on it, and the shock sets in. The reporter just snaps a bunch of fucking pictures of it. Because, <laughs> wow. Yeah. While the remaining crewmen are arguing in what is supposed to be their native language, but just sounds like a bunch of made-up nonsense that they were pretending was a language, I couldn't really tell. Did that sound like an actual language to anybody else? Mm, nah. Uh, I am far too Caucasian and American to say yes or no for that. While this is all happening, there's actual dialogue that may or may not explain the plot. Mm. I'm really not all that hopeful that it's going to explain it's anything just say, Here's some dialogue that's not going to explain shit, but it's fucking dialogue. Look, so. What I'm really trying to say is, I'm tired of talking. Yeah. <laughs> Here's our next clip. Come on, Susan. What? Don't you have any respect? I mean, all you can do is take pictures. Look, it's not as if I killed him. That's not what I meant. What well, I meant. Listen was... to me, George. This is my job, and this is the way I do it. I didn't come here for a rump in the bushes. All you care about is your exclusive, isn't it? Right on. And what are you going to call it? The eating habits of the Melodian cannibals? The... Mr. Hopper. Yes? These two porters are afraid. You want to get off this, huh? As long as you stay close to us, you're safe. Now bury your friend and be quick about it. Peter? Come on, hurry up. We leave this island when you finish. To go where, my lot? To go to Quito. This is Quito. You're wrong, Mr. Chandler. No, no, no. You've got it wrong. And if it wasn't for the engine breaking down, you'd have taken us to some different island. Yes, I was. I guess I was confused. All these islands look alike, you know. It's hard to tell the difference. Okay, so Mulatto is uh, kind of an island racist. He just said that all islands look the same to him. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Way to body shame the islands. Right? All right, so since they know that they are obviously on keto because they found some cannibals, they go adventuring because when you're locked on an island with cannibals, the first thing you want to do is go seek them out. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so they start wandering through and stumbling through some underbrush once again. They run into a couple of natives of the island who get the whole gang together. They just run off and then all of a sudden there's like six and then 12 yeah and then 24 they just keep multiplying like a magician pulling they rabbits just, out of his hat they it's know just, how to they know the hiding places in the brush it's just more and more of them popping out and this part actually had me go oh they're fucked yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you see it and it's like okay so there's two, oh, there's of, them. two of them no big deal oh, oh, oh no there's, well, there's four and they got well, they got guns they're good oh yeah uh, eight uh, 12 okay, and then well. when, when they had like the whole jungle yeah. like line of them and that shot filled yeah. up I was like do they have enough bullets to eat even do anything at this point maybe at one point you're kind of hoping you shoot a couple or they're afraid enough they run away yeah <laughs> basically all right so there is a bit of a standoff there for a second until one of the crewmen gets all squirrely and runs off the cannibals then charge after him i kind of want to think that he was brave and sacrificed himself to save everybody else i don't think so no he, he ran scared <laughs> yeah his fight or flight kicked in and he yeah. got the wrong response he could yeah. have fought instead of flight yeah he flighted pretty bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> There was like a dust cloud in the shape of him and then a line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the cannibals all charge after him. And then after a bit of a chase, he is, let's just say, skewered by, I don't know, a rack of bamboo spears. I don't know how to describe this thing other than that. Yeah. It's like a cross section, like a. Like oh, he a, got fucked hard. It's like a rack. And then each of the, yeah. where each of the yeah, bamboo. It's like a spike wall. Yeah. That yeah. pops up. Yeah. It's, but it's like a rack form where. Yeah. yeah and then it just comes swinging out and spikes him. That looked awesome, by the yeah. way. I love 
loved that. Yeah, that was so, really good. Yeah. All the effects in this are either just really good or just really bad. <laughs> That's the consistency problem. But yeah, man, I always thought that scene looked incredible. It's not until they actually go up to him and then they slit his throat that the effects are really like where you can kind of tell. Now, I had a VHS bootleg of this when I was a kid that I got yeah. my hands on. And on VHS, when it's like a fifth, sixth, maybe seventh generation dub and it's all right. looking like shit, everything yeah. looks so realistic and amazing. So exactly. watching it now and it's like crystal clear, like mm-hmm. print, you know, on Blu-ray, I'm like, oh, God damn it. I can <laughs> see the neck yeah. appliance. And that that's the problem with, you know, redoing these movies and, and bringing them up in quality because the mentality of shooting this stuff back then was like, ah, oh, people will never be able to tell because, you know, this is your standard quality. So you're exactly right. You know, when you see this stuff pristine, you're like, ooh, <laughs> not as well as I remember. Okay, so they slit his throat and then they got him as a feeding frenzy ensues. The gunmen bravely shoot a couple of cannibals in the back. And by couple, I mean two. Yeah. Bravely. Yeah, I'm going to shoot at the person they're carrying away from us. That's safe. <laughs> He wasn't carrying anybody. At this point, they're tearing that guy apart. So I think they were just trying to shoot them to, you know, hey, stop tearing the guy apart, please. Well, it's a good thing that he was already dead by the time they got there. Although they started shooting, you pretty much take out the please. It's just, you know, stop tearing that person apart. When they're also shooting someone in the back, that's why I said bravely. Yeah, well. Being sarcastic. Oh, fuck it, though. I mean, you kind of, you know, you just saw one of your guys get, you know, slaughtered and then eaten. You're going to shoot some people, even in the back. Fair enough. The other skedaddle after the two are shot down and everyone in the group sees what has happened and they decide that they are going to also bury this guy. Yeah, they're big into burying people here. Yeah, they bury him and then they head for higher ground because they need to have a more defensible position. They try to radio for help. The henchmen of Dr. Butcher, MD, medical deviant. Although you don't know that at this point. Not yet, no. You don't know that he's Unless Dr. you've seen Butcher. the trailer. Unless you've seen the trailer. Yeah, or the advertisement that clearly has his face on the cover. Or you just can put two and two together like in a fucking adult human being. <laughs> right. But none of that matters. None of that matters here. Because they finally get a hold of Dr. Butcher, MD, medical deviant, in our next clip. You read me, huh? Mr. Chanda! Mr. Chandler! I've made, I've made contact, sir! Oh, thank God. Dr. Obrero, this is Chandler. Listen, we've been attacked by the cannibals. Well, they've killed two of our bearers already, and now they're after us. Our what? Our position. Um, we're about two miles southeast of our landing point. Northwest, about three miles. A white building in a clearing Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all of that. Tomorrow morning. All right, well, I just hope that we can get there. Yeah, yeah, the sooner the better. Yep, goodbye, Doc. He's on his way with the relief party. But we've got to get ourselves to an old abandoned mission building about three miles from here in the morning. So you two girls get some rest. The four of us will keep guard. No, we'll all keep guard. I don't think any one of us will sleep a wink tonight. Then they cut from that to someone actually sleeping a wink that night. I know. <laughs> I was like, you're a liar. Well, it was actually Lori who said that no one would sleep a wink. And if you pay attention, she's actually the one that's awake. Yeah. But the heartless reporter who can't wait to get photos of guts and gore. Yeah. Tons of photos. Snapped, oh, yeah. Did not care at all. No, oh, yeah. Later that night, all of the men are keeping watch, as they said, as the reporter sleeps very soundly. And the doc, Lori, looks around and stares blankly, just kind of wide awake as if she can't sleep out of fear, we see a, I'm guessing a cannibal who's sneaking up because he's got his face all painted and he's trying to get at Lori, I'm assuming, but Lori hops to and makes him a corpse with a fast acting machete chop. That was amazing. Yes. This is yep. one of the effects that still works even in the high def. Brain that motherfucker. Yeah. Do you think they use yeah. the uh, the patented Savini thing where they cut out the, the little circle out of the machete to make that work? Uh, I'm sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it's that hard of a thing to do, but man, that's what looks the best when you 
actually cut away a piece of the weapons so you go around the person's head or whatever part's supposed to be cut off. That's the best. Yeah. All right. So this stirs the reporter because she hears the chopping and the noise making and she wakes up. And then Ian McCulloch stomps in several moments later into the tent. We hear a gasping scream cut short and no one is out there. The last helper crewman guy is skewered and dying as they all just stand there. <laughs> they just get around him and they're just standing looking at him like, oh, look, was you asleep? I, I wasn't asleep. It's just dark out here. Nobody's <laughs> helping this guy. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to everybody there, he does have a spike the size of a small sapling sticking up through him. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> hey man, why you gotta be such a stick in the mud? Ah! Uh, <laughs> stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Ian gets indignant at Oberon's man who's trying to smooth things over and told to slow his roll by the bearded dude. Ian McCulloch is like getting after uh, Oberon's uh, Buluto or whatever the guy's name is or yeah. Mulatto or however. Mulatto. Mulatto. Yeah. yeah, they pronounce it in a way that makes me uncomfortable because Mulatto's like a racial term. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. I don't like saying it, but it's the character's name and I don't know how right. to refer to him, man. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's painting me into a corner. Yes. A racial corner. It's really putting you in a pretty bad box. <laughs> well, anyway, so he gets all indignant at him and then the other bearded guy tells him just to kind of chill out and tries to calm him down. They cut from this to the next morning. Our remaining party members who are still alive wander their way about the underbrush. This is in no way padding. They're not trying to nope. make the film last a full hour and a half. Couple of least, reels. Yeah. Couple of reels. It's not a full hour and a half. Even, it's it's hour, yeah, even the original cut of it is like 80 some odd minutes and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> 122. Yeah. <laughs> it's an hour and 22 minutes at the fullest cut and this version of it is like an hour and 20 minutes even I think. Something yeah, about it's, like that. It's, there's only like two minutes difference in the two. It's like, why did you even go through the trouble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They stop to verify direction and make sure that they're heading where they were told to by Dr. Oberon, who is in no way Dr. Butcher, MD. I can't get enough of saying no, that. No, you can't. Medical deviant. That's <laughs> the only time I'm going to get away with this. Yes. And they immediately get flanked by cannibals, which is not as bad as getting filleted by cannibals. This is true. One of the cannibals goes after the reporter with the machete, who panics and runs off. There's yet another cloud dust outline like a cartoon, and then just a line where she takes off. Nobody even has a chance to tell her just to chill out. It's just immediately she takes will you, off. Will you just relax? Yeah. I even wrote in my notes, she runs off like a moron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure this is also to pad out the runtime because they make this last for a while. She gets ribbon lassoed? I don't know how these people got a ribbon, but... Yeah, yeah, that's a strange one, man. It looked like a uh, martial arts weapon, right? What the hell was might, that? You might as well just gave the guy a hand grenade because it was just, it was so out of place. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like this long red ribbon. It's like no bigger than a like a like a wider ribbon like scarf kind of thing that they used to have in the 70s. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 It, it looks like it's about that wide and then it's like this really long one, like almost like a rope version of that. And then it has like this metal thing on the end of it that they just kind of toss and wrap around and it gets her around the neck and then they pull her to the ground with that. That completely just took me off center. I'm like, what the sure. fuck is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just so bizarre. After they get her knocked down and subdued, they then start carrying her off as the remaining party try to rescue her. As they make a second attempt to rescue her, there's a couple shots fired and all of that. They are also captured and carried away by cannibals or starting to be dragged off. The bearded 
Wizard Man is gutted and Ooh. Ian McCulloch is struggling to survive as the gut-munching, eye-gouging good times start. Okay, so when they get close in on the eyes, that effect doesn't work as well for me, but I still like what they were doing and they fucking went for it. And they went for oh, yeah. it super fucking slow. I mean, they took yeah. their time letting them dig out that eyeball. Oh, yeah. And the people playing the cannibals are really going for it, too. Whatever they're pulling out of these people, they're munching like yeah. yesterday's yeah. leftovers, man. They're getting after it. Yeah, man. <laughs> so there's at least that. And his scene is probably the most gruesome death. This is yeah. probably the closest to cannibal brutality this movie gets at that scene of yes. bearded dude yeah. getting killed. Did he look like fucking Eisenberg to anybody else? <laughs> 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 like before Walt shaves it into a goatee and yeah. he has a full face beard? <laughs> kind of. Right. <laughs> it was bugging me. I'm like, God, he looks an awful lot like Brian Cranston with a beard. Coincidentally, I was into that. Lori <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Butcher's henchman. That's all I'm going to call him from now on. He's Dr. Butcher's henchman. <laughs> I'm not calling that. I'm not using that word anymore. Are captured and fighting to get free as well because they've all been kind of tied up in the hands of the cannibals. Just before Ian McCulloch is macheted to death, a low growling noise happens and a fucking zombie shows up. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? We're over halfway through this movie yeah. and a fucking zombie finally shows up. Uh, yeah, it's like, how do you top this? Bring in a zombie. <laughs> this scares off all of the cannibals as a second one in a loincloth also growls and comes out of the forest. Yeah. Then all of the cannibals holding Lori up and the henchmen let go and run off. Then a third zombie-like creature surfaces to scare off the ones that are still eating the bearded dude. Yeah. Most of the zombies in here just look like they had some appliances or yeah. they might have just grabbed some pieces of, of like an actual human skull. Put and this then, over your eye. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Hold that here and they smeared mud on them. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sculpey, man. They just grabbed some Sculpey and slapped it on. <laughs> Yeah. That's all it is. And you know, <laughs> some of them look really good, and then others look really fucking cheap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ones were That's like, it's like they yeah. get them in line. <laughs> like, all right, you're good, you're good, and then they got to the fourth person in line. Uh, we ran out of the good stuff, no more money in the budget, so we're throwing that, some mud on you. Stay to the back. Again, yeah. that's the magic of the Italian flicks, man. They'll spend the incredible budget on the background or the scenery, but they don't care if there's any dialogue at whatsoever. So I mean, it's just, <laughs> that's just the way they roll, man. Yeah. Oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to put this guy's guts out but we need some zombies but just you know throw some sculpey on man that'll do it it'll, it'll look good just don't face the camera you'll be fine they literally smeared mud on some of these people and had them sit out in the sun to sure. bake, like yeah. they did in zombie i think the yeah. effects artist saw the guy doing it in zombie to make those amazing looking zombies that come up out of the cemetery at the end of zombie <laughs> and then went i can do that only much worse <laughs> <laughs> and then burial ground went watch this <laughs> hold my beer <laughs> right <laughs> All right, so Lori laments about the reporter and is told they should regroup to look for her and hope she has not been eaten as well, but I'm guessing that's not going to be the case. They cut from this to more running through the jungle and bamboo and various other places that is in no way padding out the film in the runtime. Not at all. Don't pay attention to that. <laughs> they paid for the island and God damn it, they're going to use it. You, you shut your fucking filthy mouth, all right? <laughs> it's all important to the plot. Lori? Uh, okay. Things happening? Yes. Things happening. Things happen. <laughs> they finally make it to the other set from Lucio Fulci's zombie and rejoice that they are safe. <laughs> <laughs> and because that is more dialogue that may or may not explain the plot, and I need a break, that is our next clip. We did it. I just wonder who that native was. Someone they believe 
supernatural powers, I guess. Those cannibals were terrified. That's what saved us. Doctor! Oh, thank God. Oh, I'm glad to see you. It's over. You're safe now. It was really bad back there. I thought we'd never make it. You're already out of danger. My men have been hunting them down for hours now. You're all right, Lars. Get them something to drink. What about the other two? Where are they? It was horrible. They ate George right in front of our eyes. They dragged Susan away with them. There wasn't anything that we could do. We were lucky to get out ourselves. I'm afraid there's no hope for her. But it's incredible. Isn't there anything we can do? I'm sorry. Uh -oh. I'm sorry. Get her away from here at once, Chandler. She needs to recuperate. There's nothing more you can do here anyhow. Pretty soon, this island will be no more than a bad dream. A nightmare, which you must try to forget. You'd better go now. Yes, but you only have the one boat. About two miles up the coast, you'll find a rubber dinghy. That'll take you back to your boat. But I saw it anchored on my way over here. I'll see you back at the villa tomorrow morning. Malato will go with you. What about you? Well, I can't leave now. I have to wait for the men to come back in again. Well, there's no need for you to come with us. You uh, stay here with Dr. Obrero. But you'll need him. No, I'm an experienced sailor. There shouldn't be any problems. Besides, well, I should think that you could uh, do with all the help that you can get. We'll see you both back at the villa. Better uh, be careful. At the end of that clip, he actually ends up littering. So that's our hero, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Just throws that right in the foot. <laughs> Although, uh, if I'm in like an island and the entirety of the island was trying to murder me, I'd just go ahead and throw cans down there too. I'd be like, fuck you, island. <laughs> fuck your ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to destroy it. Fuck you. <laughs> so after our hero courageously litters right in front of the doctor on his property, yeah. sort of, they head for the boat as Doc and his henchmen get all shifty-eyed at each other. <laughs> Nobody's really good at hiding their intentions in this film. Well, apparently they are because the other two don't pick up fucking shit. I mean, they are playing for the back of the fucking theater yeah. with their shifty-eyed <laughs> movements. <Yeah. laughs> and it's just so obvious to everybody but our fucking two main characters that are left alive. We see zombies following Lori and Ian McCulloch's character as they casually stroll towards the boat. And I mean, casually. Yeah, and just a stroll. The thing I was thinking that they were going to take back, which was just described as a rubber dinghy turns out to just be an inflatable boat yeah <laughs> just saying with a couple motors on it you well, most of the freaking rubber dinghies i know have to have little motors on them too yeah. <laughs> just saying so ian decides to play sherlock and try and piece together what's going on and we legitimately honest to goodness have someone actually explaining story elements to us in our <laughs> next clip oh my god what is it something's wrong what's wrong there's the boat, just like Obrero said. Come on, Peter. Yes, but how did Obrero know where we were? Because I didn't tell him on the radio that we were on a different island to the one that he thought we were on. And yet he didn't hesitate for one second to tell us to go to the old mission. I guess just the fact that we'd run into cannibals was enough to tell him where we were. Yeah, this island's hiding something. Something even worse than those cannibals. And Obrero's done everything he can to keep us away from here. In the first place, he sent us to the wrong island, using the lotto to make sure. And did you notice back there just how anxious he was we should get away. Do you think that what he wants to hide has something to do with the strange creature who saved us? Yeah, it's possible. What do you want to do about it? Well, I think we ought to find out what this is all about. Crazy. We barely got out alive. Why don't we just inform the authorities once we get away from here? That would give Obrero time to clear everything up. I'll be careful. It'll be all right. Now, I want you to wait for me offshore in this, ready to pick me up. But if there's any sign of trouble, then I want you to get away from this island and don't worry about it. 
No, Peter, you can't go back. I won't let you. Now, let's see if this thing starts and get it in the water. I might have expected as much. Let's see about the other one. I love this part of the movie. This is my favorite part, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not my absolute favorite part, but it's one of the parts that I that keep me coming back. Okay. So as he's trying to start the motor for the boat, one of them will not start at all. And that's where you hear him say that whole that figures and everything. And then he's working on the second one. And as he does that, a zombie approaches very slowly, just kind of lumbering forward like a zombie does. And just before it can attack with a knife that it miraculously pulls out of itself. That was awesome. It pulls it out of its own fucking guts. That's great. I love that shit. And just before it can attack with that knife, he pulls the motor up, gets it fired up, and Ian McCulloch goes full-on offensive, grinding up the fucking zombie's face, man. He knocks him over and just grinds up his whole skull with the fucking outboard motor. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Love that shit. <laughs> Thanks, kids. Thanks, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of Ricky's clips. I would guess. All right, so he knows for sure that this zombie is absolutely dead, and he is 100% positive that it is, in fact, our titular character, Dr. Butcher, MD, medical deviant. They cut from this to <laughs> jungle walking again for no particular reason, and it's definitely not padding. And uh, did anybody else notice that this jungle looks mysteriously like a New England deciduous forest? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, it looked, it went from, it looked like a jungle, jungle, jungle until they went back and it'll set up like, they're in fucking England, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, that looks like Pennsylvania. Yeah, i like, <laughs> it was a jungle and now it just looks like you're in like, like my neighbor's back fucking yard. Right? During yeah. the winter. Yeah. <laughs> There might as well have been snow on the ground. Yeah, right? There's no pin oaks in the in the jungle. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so they're walking through this miraculous deciduous forest in the middle of a jungle, and then all of a sudden, for no reason at all, walking over top of maple leaves, Lori falls into a tiger pit. <laughs> Maybe she's in my backyard, because yeah. I have a few of those. You do, actually. It's <laughs> kind of awkward. Well, it keeps me from having to mow. Yeah. And it also cuts down on trespassing. That's true. Yeah. Plus, I like, I like new test subjects every capture. Miraculously, though, Lori falls into this giant tiger pit covered in maple leaves she misses all of the spikes in the tiger pit i don't know if you guys noticed or not but there's a perfect lorry shaped outline where the spikes are not (laughs) where she happens to be laying ian mcculloch tries to grab her and drag her out of the pit he even says she can get a foothold over there but it's just too damn deep and there are also cannibals about so he goes off and hides behind a tree leaving her as bait as the two cannibals walk over he's waiting for them they start staring into the pit and basically arguing over who gets to take a bite out of Lori first, I'm guessing. I don't know what they're saying. They're both probably like, how the fuck did maple leaves and trees get into this forest in the jungle? Are you cold? I'm cold. <laughs> Why is it snowing into tropics? <laughs> What's going on? Goddamn climate change. I fucking told you spikes over the whole area. This is what happens when you do a half-ass job, Bill. <laughs> As they're staring into the pit, he sneaks up behind them and clobbers one in the fucking head, pretty much killing him as far as I can tell. But it it throws him into the pit where he lands on the spikes. Right, so he's definitely dead. And then he ends up with a machete versus stick fight going on. That guy's last words were, fucking Bill, of course I fall on the side you put spikes down on. (laughs) Fucking Mondays. (laughs) So the stick versus machete fight, we're going to have one of the things that always has to happen. A big chunk of the stick gets chopped off by the machete and the 
look on Ian McCullough's face, he looks like he's literally shocked that that just happened. <laughs> Holy shit, steel against wood and steel wins? No, I'm thinking more along the lines of maybe the producers didn't tell him that that machete really was edged to be oh, able to do that. Right. <laughs> right. That's another Italian trick. Oh, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> just hold that out there. <laughs> yeah, because it looks like a clean cut, doesn't it? It looks like a nice right. clean swipe across there that it cuts the stick off. And he looks legitimately like the actor's like, you motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like when we did that. Black Dynamite. Yeah, Black Dynamite. Yeah. Dynamite. Dynamite. Thank you. I needed that. You said his name, so. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> then the cannibal takes pretty much too wide of a swipe with the machete after that because Ian McCulloch's like, you better not come anywhere near me with an actual edged weapon. Then he gets clobbered in the fucking head and then gets knocked to the ground. And then Ian McCulloch proceeds to beat him to death very slowly, one swipe after another with the stick. That got really brutal. They didn't even need to show the head caving no. in. Just the He sells it really yeah, well. Yeah, he does. Yeah. The fucking thumb sound that it makes every time the stick hits. It's like he's hitting a pot roast or something. <laughs> it gets increasingly more squishy every time he hits. He ends up dragging Laurie out of the tiger pit. The two then wander off back into an actual jungle. Weird. And at one point, after he first kills the guy and then drags her out of the pit, he tosses the stick down and we don't see him pick up after he walks away. They're walking around weaponless like a couple of morons when they're in this deciduous forest. Then they cut to the actual jungle and they have the jungle walk and then all of a sudden the weapon's back in his hand. Did anybody else notice that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. They see the reporter fiddling around with her camera in the far distance, or so it appears, because she's wearing her clothes, has her hair, and is holding the camera, and it looks like they're very intently examining it. But it turns out it's just a zombie wearing her scalp as a wig. Fucking awesome. Yeah. I thought it was the lead singer of Jethro Tull. I didn't know what was going on there. All right, so they cut from that to a scalped Susan, and she's begging for her life from Dr. Butcher, MD. And because there's some actual dialogue and more story elements actually being laid on us here, yeah. it's starting to make sense. Uh -oh. Kind of. Kind of? Kind of. Okay. That's our next clip. Now I'm about to open the jugular vein, insert a bypass which will release the blood pressure on the brain. The blood extracted will later be re-administered at the end of the operation. No, no, please, doc, I beg you, no! Don't do this to me, please, doctor. No. No. The patient screamed, disturbing me. Performed removal of vocal cords. We'll now administer a second injection to maintain patient's consciousness. You sure you don't want to stay out here? You think I'd be safer? Come on. What is it? I don't know. I thought I saw someone. Maybe it was only the shadow. Now, I will venture to traverse a new frontier in science. I'm about to transplant the brain of a young female into the body of a male who's been dead for ten days. And as for you, I guarantee that you also shall live like the other beings I have already created. Oh, guys, this is not a cannibal movie. Uh -huh. This is not a zombie movie. It's a mad scientist movie. I dig Dr. Butcher, MD. <laughs> Magical deviant. <laughs> I want to refer to him as Mr. Butcher, but he didn't go to all of those years of medical deviant school to become a doctor for me to refer to him as Mr. I've been waiting to pull that one out of yeah, my head. Right. <laughs> all right, so during the clip, we finally get to the best stuff in the movie. We are finally here. This is the part of the movie that will keep you all coming back, right from the badass weird tagger pitch to some of the cannibal things that were happening earlier. But right here is the bread and butter of the movie. This is where it takes it up to a whole new level of weird. They're not just zombies. They're science 
experiments that have been reanimated corpses. He's doing brain swaps. He's making people live forever by reanimating corpses and putting living brains in them. That's fucking crazy. I love this shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> and there's a lot of weighing around. Did you notice that? <laughs> uh, I wasn't looking, but I'm sure that Matt was very happy about that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> when they first walk in during that scene, there's like all those people hanging upside down. There's like all these three or four natives. Ooh, look who really paid attention to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just telling you what happened. Oh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they were defying the laws of gravity. You know, let's look at the guy who's actually bringing it up here. Mr. Clean over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the clean podcaster is yeah. talking about all the wang in the yeah, movie. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, yeah, but we're the garbage people. Uh-huh. 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 It's always the ones who do the family show. Yeah. It's always <laughs> the people who are like, oh, we're family friendly. They're always looking for wang. That's a clip. <laughs> it's a clip. All right, let's get back to it and stop talking about Matt's love of wang. What? <laughs> All right. So the gore in the brain surgery. Oh, God, I love that shit. That's more stuff that I love. And then even some of the creepy stock of dead people, the ones that are hanging like from their arms tied in the rafters that are wrapped in yep. some kind of weird netting. Is that to keep mosquitoes and bugs off of the corpses, maybe? Gotta keep them fresh. It's I like plastic wrap, but on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like cheesecloth that they just dipped into black ink. <laughs> basically yeah, right. it looked fucking cool though that's all I'm saying but those people that are hanging there that are the freshly dead hanging from the rafters with the like black cloth wrapped around them that are hung out left eating and stuff like that all like livestock that shit was really creepy and the way that yeah. they shot it where they come walking in it's just horrifying while they're walking through this weird house of horrors Lori gets jumped by a zombie who McCulloch flat out brains to the ground with his giant stick yep. the disappearing reappearing weapon mm-hmm. Dr. Butcher MD Magical deviant. I don't know how much longer I can do that. My voice yeah. might not hold out. I know, right? <laughs> it's starting to sound like magical deviant, so that's even cooler. <laughs> David Copperfield, magical deviant. Well, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. I would buy that for $10. <laughs> magical deviancy? I want to see that. <laughs> Alright, so Dr. Butcher, MD, magical deviant, starts monologuing, <laughs> and this is some of the best stuff in the film. I had to do it. That's our next clip. Oh, yeah. I tried very hard to keep you away from keto. Now you're Stubbornness leaves me no other choice. Right, Chen? This way. I take it you're still worried about Susan. Well, there she is. Chen, yours is a typical example of median intelligence. Enough to discover the existence of my secret, but absolutely incapable of understanding it. Your bloodthirsty lunatic. Such a banal judgment. The difference between your science and mine is that I don't limit myself to correcting nature's imperfections. I improve on nature. I'm on the verge of discovering the key to, to increasing man's lifespan by over a hundred years. Do you see these bodies. I can bring them back to life when I want. I've worked on this project for years. Beginning, I was only able to use local natives. I told them that whoever submitted themselves to my experiments would become divine. And I wasn't lying. And I suppose it's thanks to you that they've returned to cannibalism. It was an ancient religious rite which I induced them to revive. Beginning, it was a way to get them to come here. Pilotto, prepare the operating table. I'm anxious to experiment on a male Caucasian brain. Quick, Laurie! Get out, Chandler! I certainly did her no favor by doing that. I will now give you an injection so you will sleep and regain your strength. I like my patients to be in the best physical condition. Tomorrow morning, I will transplant your brain into one of the cadavers you saw in the other room. You will die, only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success, what it's like to pass from life to death and death to life. In a few minutes, you'll be fast asleep. Sweet dreams. Wow. That monologue makes me think that he's in the right here and everyone else is in the wrong. <laughs> what? Except the whole idea of, let me give you something that'll make you sleep, but regret. 
drain your strength. What? <laughs> yeah, he's what about kind of logic to, is that? He's about to remove his brain. He's not keeping the body, so he why likes, try and keep him healthy? He likes his patients in top health. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole thing that he's saying about how he can increase human life and, you know, he's he's on the verge and he can reanimate corpses anytime he wants. All this stuff, I'm kind of game where I'm like, all right, if you can give us all immortal life. I mean, so what if I'm walking around like a zombie and all that? So, so for you, it's, you know, can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't make an omelet without, you know, disparaging an entire people on an island. Which is totally keto. You know, the eggs are fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Omelets are great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. <laughs> During the clip, we actually hear that Lori is kidnapped when she goes to run off. She's taken by the cannibals and dragged away. That's why the doctor said you did her no favors. And then the doc leaves Ian on the table while saying sweet dreams. He's actually rather polite for a man that he's strapped down to a table and just said he's going to cut out his brain. Yeah, he's like, sweet dreams. Have a good one. Here's a sedative. It'll help you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Ian ends up reaching for the conveniently left scalpels like right next to where he's sitting. Like he can, I mean, he's strapped to the table and his wrist only moves so far, but he can still reach this table that's just conveniently off to the left of him. And so he starts pulling on the little like sanitary towel that they lay down to put all the tools in to keep him, you know, sanitary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he starts pulling on that and he ends up pulling the pan off and it falls. No one hears that and comes in to check. And then he just keeps pulling until he actually gets the scalpel even closer to him. <laughs> he gets a hold of the scalpel. He's getting ready to use it. And then he just passes out. It gets all faded out and weird. <laughs> and then it just kind of like fades to black after it gets all like blurry vision and everything like that. That's when he drifts off to unconsciousness. Meanwhile, during all of this, they're cutting back and forth. So I'm just going to jump around on my notes as they're doing it. After merely just a few minutes of captivity, Lori is naked once again. So thank you, movie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> And, yeah. <laughs> and this time she's actually being painted with these really pretty designs of flowers and vines and everything. And the way that she's posed, it's like a whole art installation thing where she's standing there. So it's in no way, shape or form exploitation or sleazy. It's actually artistic. And it's like an installment where she's standing there displaying this is the art. art on her this body. This is art, guys. This is so, pure art. Yeah. That's, what, that's I keep, what I thought about it too. Yeah. But I keep telling myself I'm not just staring at her body because I'm a pervert. I'm looking at the art. Wow. I wrote thank you movie like a hundred times. Hang on a second. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You're very appreciative. Yeah, very I was very appreciative of it. Yeah. Okay, there we go. So yeah, she's being painted up and I'm guessing it's for some sort of ritual. It seems to be that she's being prepared as far as the movie is showing us. Then we see Ian McCullough comes to and finds that he is being prepped for this life expanding surgery that's about to happen. And he's a little groggy. So the film is kind of blurry and everything as we're kind of in and out seeing things from his perspective. Kind of neat. I like the way that they did that to kind of show that he's just coming to and he isn't all together with it yet. He did did end up grabbing himself a scalpel and it looks like he may have stabbed himself with it when he passed well, out. He probably gripped on it too yeah. hard. And his hand is a little bloody and everything, but he's got it and he's ready to use it. And then he starts cutting the straps free, or at least the strap of his left hand with that scalpel, which seems to take the rest of the goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the film realizes this is taking forever, so they cut away from that and we see the ritual of the naked white lady. That's what I have it written as my notes because I don't know what else to call it. Uh, you're about right. They don't really establish what it is other than this is a pretty naked white lady just keep looking yeah and then I write thank you movie about a hundred more times here are nipples yeah god they were great mm -hmm. too. like little pencil erasers <laughs> <laughs> and we just creeped out half of our listeners <laughs> and the other, we turned on the other half. <laughs> yep, exactly. And we'll let you all at home decide who's who. I'm keeping the other things in my brain. Yeah, all these right. other thoughts. I'm keeping them up here. <laughs> these, these secrets stay there. All right, anyway. Well, so, e even at this point, the cannibals are even saying thank you, movie. So. 
<laughs> They're saying thank you to all the producers. They're so stoked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this ritual of the painted naked white lady continues and Lori walks fully nude up to the rock that is molded into a female body type shape. And that forms the symbol of the tribe and then also for the god of Quito. So apparently this symbol that we've been looking at that looks like an egg and then has the weird unfinished eternity symbol on it is merely a lady laying out naked on a rock with her arms extended above her head into a Y shape. Yeah. And then her legs spread out wide into a Y shape. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Spread eagle. Yeah. <laughs> really spread eagle. We're not there yet, but we're about to get into that. Yeah, right. All right. So she's helped into the stone and laid back. And then she puts herself into the position of the rock that we just described with her legs fully opened. Spread eagle. And then. Spread eagle. <laughs> and then an extremely unshy camera gets all right up in there. We Absolutely. all get a brief glimpse of Heaven's Gate. I can't believe I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> You are a creepy, (laughs) creepy man. (laughs) I know. All the while, Ian is still trying to cut the strap loose. We cut back to that, and he's still working on it. He's not even like a quarter of the way through. Hey, man, this this can take a while. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Did anybody else see the symbolism of the way he was working on the strap and they keep cutting to the nudity? Yeah, 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 right? (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Gotta get loose. Yeah. All right, so they then come back to the sacrificial knife, comes out, and that's not symbolic in any way, shape, or form, the way that guy's leading it over to her. Not at all. Not at all. No, no. And then miraculously, the rock tilts back, giving us a full-on Jess Franco crotch shot that lingers for quite a while. Thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. Nice call on the Jess Franco. I like that. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what it was, right? Yeah. (laughs) All we needed was this uncomfortable zoom right up into the labia. Yeah, right. (laughs) And it's just like, there's a vulva. Stare at it. It's art. Look at it. That's how Jess Franco (laughs) operates. I have a feeling that when we cover Jess Franco movies, Ricky, Matt it's going to either be extremely uncomfortable the whole time or completely at ease. <laughs> yeah, that's very possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I find that I'm both at the same time. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they cut away from that because why would they let you enjoy that glorious shot? And then we see Ian working still to cut himself loose. <laughs> Finally, he gets all the way through it and cuts the fucking leather strap with a scalpel. And we get to see yet another scalping as the the head of the person that he's about to be transplanted into gets scalp removed. Then the doc reveals he gives the natives the scalps for some type of fertility right, and that apparently blonde hair is for some reason believed to be the most powerful. And I'm guessing that's because blondes apparently have more fun. Sure, <laughs> maybe that's why they're better at the fertility right. Just because you don't get to see them a lot down there, blonde hair. Yeah. So maybe it's a yeah. delicacy. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. There we go. All right, so Ian gets fully loose. He unstrapped straps himself while they're busy cutting away at the head of the guy they're about to transplant him into and he gets both arms free and then they cut back and we see the natives all conversing about the blonde naked lady who made the rock tilt back on its own then they cut back to Dr. Butcher MD medical deviant yeah doing yet another monologue and god damn it it's one of my favorite things in the entire film it's also our final <laughs> clip well, the time has come for you to play your part in this momentous occasion science must surmount all obstacles and this requires certain sacrifices. It will comfort you to know that generations to come will reap great benefits from my experiments. Ah, good, Meloto. Set up for the transfusion. You nearly succeeded in destroying my life's work. I could easily kill you now, but I'm determined to have your brain. It will be the culmination of my career. Put him on the operating table. 
<laughs> the part of the movie right there where he says something about you've destroyed my life's work and that's the culmination I could kill you now but I'm determined to have your brain that's going to become like a regularly used clip from here on out Matt <laughs> alright that's, that's good I could easily kill you now but I'm determined to have your brain right there I'm just going to use that over and over again from here on out I love that shit alright yeah. so, so during this during this whole entire monologue and this rant and everything more native chants and some more crotch shots so thank you movie thank you movie they just focus in on that mm-hmm. I mean you like, get the dude that's dressed up like Ace Frehley standing over two cheering I'm like who's this guy <laughs> All right, so then we see Ian slashes at the henchman's throat, and that was actually the best throat slash, I think, in the entire film. It matched up Mm -hmm. pretty well. Yep. He nearly gets away, but a zombie grabs a hold of him, and then he breaks free and then tosses an oil lamp that just appears out of nowhere, lights up that motherfucking zombie, and then he breaks for the door. After which, a zombie wrestles with him as cannibals storm the dock's fortress. They take down the zombie and go after the dock. They are attacking both of them and chopping them up with machetes. We even see them feeding on a zombie. This is the first I've ever seen cannibals eat a zombie in a movie ever. Did you notice that? Yeah. They rip the one zombie apart and start eating it. They don't do that to the dock. He's just kind of pulled down to the ground, but he's getting chopped up with Uh, You kind of think they're probably going to start eating them. Yeah. Lori shows up and she is in a see-through gown, so she's still nude. So once again, thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. Yeah. And (laughs) they all watch as shit burns to the ground. Then they decide to split and get out of there because it's burning down around them. We watch all of the hard work and dedication to try and better the human race burn up. And then we also see the Fulci shot burn up as well. Everything goes up in flames. They freeze frame on this burning and then on the survivors. Then we cut back to the burning of the Fulci set. The end pops up and I would say roll credits, but we don't get any. It just fucking ends. Yes, it's just (laughs) over. Gotta gotta love those Italians, man. All right, so we were talking about it. It's a movie stack Jenga pick, and Ricky, this was obviously your pick. Now, we decided to go with the Dr. Butcher version of this when we talked about it because the Blu-ray that we both own is the yep. Severn one where you can watch either version. I gotcha. Most yep. podcasts, when they cover it, they cover it as Zombie, Zombie Holocaust, Holocaust, and they watch that right. version. The first version of this I ever saw was called Zombie Holocaust, but it is an extended version that has everything thrown in it, uh-huh. including the Roy Frumke's intro and all of that stuff. So yeah. I, I have an affinity for the title Dr. Butcher. MD Magical <laughs> Deviant. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I chose that one. Plus a lot of sure. other podcasts cover the zombie Holocaust version. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. But Ricky, what about this movie made you decide out of all the other choices that you had to do it? Well, um, it's one of those that I, I have a, a long relationship with this film, actually. Um, I was asked, this I was the the horror kid, you know, back in the early 80s. And I had some friends that wanted to have kind of a sleepover thing. They said, hey, can you go out and pick us a couple of movies? Because they didn't know anything, but they know they want to watch some scary stuff. Well, I have to have a Betamax machine, wow. so you're li- you're limited Damn. right there as far as what you could what you could rent. Right, and this in the, the this is incredible because the same night I picked two movies, and the same night for the first time I saw Phantasm and Doctor Butcher M.D. The same night, my mind was fried. <laughs> Little Ricky because, Morgan was never the same. <laughs> and I, and I, the re- reason of picking it, Phantasm always wanted because of the artwork. Then I saw the artwork for Doctor Butcher, and I was like, it was reminiscent. Of, of the phantasm to me as far as just the way it looks the scary face and the big claw and the, the way that thing looks it's to me it's very like the phantasm cover so that's that's the two i grabbed besides night of the living dead this was the first zombie film i remember seeing nonetheless 
just a cannibal film. Yeah. Um, so this is the one where, you know, I think everybody made it through Phantasm pretty good, but then we watched this one, everybody's like, we're not letting Rick pick any movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the story uh, of my life too, Rick. <laughs> and the thing about the Italian flicks, when we talk about these is, I don't care what movie it is, good or bad, you may sit through two hours of crap you don't want to see, but you are going to see something in every one of these movies that you are not going to see somewhere else. That's what I love about these flicks, man. Where else are you going to see a zombie get their head mashed up with a boat motor? I mean, you know, it's just no matter what, just like we said earlier, hold my beer. They are going to throw something in there that you're not going to see anywhere else. And and that just goes throughout the entire collection of all these horror flicks. Yeah, I have to agree with you. That's why I love the Italian horror flicks. This actually, yeah. coincidentally, it's not my first zombie film, but this is the first cannibal film that I ever saw. And yeah. I ended up actually purchasing the bootleg of it from a shifty eyed person working, let's just say a video store slash music store that probably was selling all sorts of bootleg stuff. <laughs> and this version was culminated together from the Japanese laser disc or the parts of the film that were the original international version and then recorded with a couple of other pieces were from the actual Dr. Butcher MD and stuff like that. It had trailers and stuff at the end of it. And like I said, it's like a fifth, sixth or seventh generation dub and it looked awful. You could barely see anything, but it added to it. It made it feel oh, so yeah. much more real and visceral. Sure. And my life has never been the same after watching this movie. <laughs> And Matt can attest, I pulled the barf bag that you get with the Severn Blu-ray, and it's hanging on my wall. It is. It's right below my I Drink Your Blood horror hypo that came along with the Grindhouse yeah. releasing of that. And Absolutely. Both of those are sitting adjacent to the picture of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer signed by Michael Roker, and directly below my signed photo of Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the esteem I hold this movie in right there. Like, I really enjoy it. Now, we kind of hinted at it and we joked about it and everything else. You seem to know a little bit more about it than I do. This was actually <laughs> filmed at the same time as Lucio Fulci's Zombie, and they obviously reused at least one, if not two of the sets. I recognize the house and then the actual, like, building that was supposed to be the old mission from Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Right, yeah. right. Coming out of that, actually, this came out just a little after, as far as the shooting with, with the zombie stuff. Now, what happened was the producer of Zombie knew what was going on. So they wanted to take the idea of the two things that were pushing exploitation to the limits. And that's where you get the weird combination of throwing a zombie flick and a, and a cannibal flick together. I mean, that's how brilliant it is. Let's just use all the same sets. Let's even use the same actors <laughs> to some degree to pull this thing off. So this was just a straight up cash grab. And what's amazing about it is if you didn't see Zombie or any of that stuff first, you don't know that. You yeah. know, and that yeah. was the that was the mentality. I mean, wow. When you go back and you start putting those pieces of the puzzle together, you're like, pretty sneaky, sis. <laughs> you know? <laughs> when you connect the four. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's that guerrilla style filmmaking these guys did. I just, I have such a fondness for it because it is like, throw it all the wind. Let's just make something happen. Hey, who cares that dummy arm pops off? It looks great. <laughs> Yeah, this was actually my first cannibal kind of exploitation film. So yeah. it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> it was fucking gross at sometimes. Kind of what I. None of the other ones are this fun. Yeah. Oh, no, not this not fun. At all. They're no. a little uh -uh. bit more dark. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're twisted. Yeah. yeah. Very, very. Yeah. <laughs> 
this is the this is the most accessible and it's the best one to watch for the first one all right so it's like easing you into what's going to be coming up yeah it's like lubing you up and stretching you out before ramming at home yeah wow yeah you have to turn everything sexual you oh big. like you're not the one who does that all the time Shut up. <laughs> do you have anything else you want to say about the movie real quick ricky it's just aces man i love it it's <laughs> it's just one i grew up with you share it with your close friends but you're not going to say this is a great horror flick <laughs> it's just one of those you know oh you like that well check this out the way i would phrase it is this is not a good movie but it is a shitload of fun <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> yeah. i had bought the vhs tape and i went to a show later um in like my later teen years or whatever and uh i'm at a show and i'm kind of talking about how i just watched the uh, zombie holocaust before i got there and you know it was also known as dr butcher md and all this kind of stuff and i didn't know shit about this movie and i'm just kind of bullshitting all my way through and all of a sudden this drunk guy comes walking over and he goes actually it's not all like a bunch of just put together pieces of another movie they shot it that way because i'm like the whole time thinking when i first saw the movie that it's literally just like pieces of other movies put together to make a film because that <laughs> yeah. was that was something that i was used to seeing with italian movies too that did happen and so i'm yeah. like talking and then this guy like this gorehound guy in like a cannibal corpse shirt and <laughs> drunk off his ass <laughs> like very seriously sits me down and starts having this academic discussion and breaks down how the movie was put together and this is the days before the internet so i had no fucking clue and i'm like just right. listen to this guy you know and then all of a sudden his girlfriend comes over and sits down and starts talking with us as well and then he finished up the conversation asking me if i wanted to pay money to have sex with his girlfriend <laughs> well <laughs> That's how you end that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie has a whole weird connotation because that will forever be. I was like, no. Like, well, aren't you polite? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Smart how and sharing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, no. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I agree. The movie could be. Wait, what? <laughs> Bat's response would have been, how much? How much? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Even, even, I'd, even I'd be like, well, I agree that maybe it was a different pieces of a movie. Wait, wait go back. What'd you just say to me? <laughs> We're going to take another break here, folks. We're going to play another promo from one of Ricky's amazing podcasts. We'll have a little bit of music fitting for Dr. Butcher, MD, Magical Deviant. Magical Deviant. <laughs> magical Deviant. David uh, Copperfield. Deviant. MD, Magical Deviant. And we come back, we will do some fucking psyop news. Bad movies. The world is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. And we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo. Short Bus Cinema. We love to watch the movies you hate.
Yeah, you know a fucking song's working when the breakdown gets Matt Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that's You're a Zombie by Wendy O. Williams from her Maggots album. Oh. So we're still doing a little tribute to Wendy O. Williams while finding something that fits for Dr. She, Butcher MD. She's not alive. Well, we talked about it at the opening of the show. But a lot's <laughs> happened since then, including crotch shots. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> and speaking of crotches, give me some psyop news. District judge apologizes, admits he's a serial underwear stealer. I'm homosexual. Is that okay. also what he said? That's what he said. Wow. Out of New York, a New York judge. <laughs> serial underwear stealer? Uh, uh, New York judge. Is he going to go clip off as well? Is that <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, a New York judge who police say repeatedly broke into his neighbor's home to steal her underwear has confessed to snatching panties on multiple occasions, even though he has pleaded not guilty. Still, Ooh, tears are good lube. Still, Suffolk County District Judge <laughs> Robert Sassan has been removed from the bench and is facing up to 15 years in prison. It's going to cost you some serious cock. The sale was arrested <laughs> on burglary charges and appeared in court Friday morning. It's micro penis time. Drop the humongous ball. <laughs> 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 the judge is married. The judge is a married father of three uh, with young. Uh, the judge is a married father of three young children, and he is accused of sneaking into a home across the street and stealing the underwear of a 23 year old woman who lives there with her parents. Pulling it just to pull it. Wait, who's pulling it? I don't know who's pulling it. <laughs> he reportedly knew the girl from when she worked as an intern at the Islip Town Attorney's Office when he used to work there. Watch the gal. In his, yeah, in his confession, he said he stole the underwear upon feeling urgent. <laughs> Urges? Yes. He admitted that on several occasions, he entered the home, opened up her hamper, and took the underwear. It's like a sprinkler going off. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> was taken into custody after an incident that happened around 9 a.m. Thursday when the young woman was alone. Prosecutor said she was sleeping but woke up when she heard the door open. She called that all hello and that's when she saw sail the doorway. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God damn. <laughs> that was poorly timed. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Authorities say he turned around and ran away and the victim closed and locked the door and called her mother who then called 911. Responding Wait, officers say they saw sail walking up to a different house and pretending to knock on the door. <laughs> I imagine him whistling as well while he's doing <laughs> Nothing wrong here. Nothing wrong out here. And after he got, his after his he got, panties hanging out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clip. <laughs> oh, and I actually have some audio from his lawyer after he was caught. Oh, yeah. You can't pay your bail. Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. <laughs> <laughs> they approached him because he matched the description of the person the victim described. They reportedly found several pairs of soiled women's underwear on him, which the victim identified as her own. Shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. Apparently, you were very correct, my friend. <laughs> he had exactly sticking out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> He's a prognosticator. I him like I <laughs> the prognosticator, man. He knew what was up. The sale has written a letter of apology to the victim and also provided a written confession. This is highly disturbing, Suffolk County District Attorney Tim Seney said. This is an individual who swore to uphold the law. He violated it in a very serious way. The message here from both the Suffolk Community, uh, the Suffolk County Police Department, and the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office is that no one is above the law, and we will prosecute this case to the fullest 
extent of the law. I volunteer for the Marilyn Monroe dress. I don't know what that has to do. I don't know part. either. What? Why are you doing that? Blood jizz. That's why. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we have any other news? I'm not done with this one yet. Oh, sorry. Jesus Nassau Christ. County District Judge presided over sales case to prevent a conflict of interest. The sale is expected to receive mental health treatment. His reputation throughout the court is stellar, defense attorney William Wexler said. Every judge, every lawyer respects him, and we just have to see how the process plays out. Wexler went on to say that the judge's wife is standing by her husband through this process. The sale was ordered held on $50,000. I make money from my sex work. It's how he decides to pay for it. Yeah, I would, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Neighbors were shocked when they learned of the judge's arrest. From what I had heard, it's a little perverted, maybe. Neighbor Shoot William some fucking moved. ropes. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbor William Bloom said, and that never makes sense to me. The sale is a graduate of St. John's Law School, a former legal aid attorney, uh, to, and a former Islip Town attorney elected to District Criminal Court in 2016. I have the most confused direction right now. I didn't True. know the story would affect you like that. Yeah, I know. He's a family man. He's always outside playing basketball with his kids. Neighbor Jay Morse, Morsey said, he's always jogging. He's always friendly to everybody in the neighborhood. <laughs> he seemed like such a quiet, well-adjusted young pervert. Yeah, right? <laughs> My HPV will cure what ails you. <laughs> Come on, Matt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. Delete remote control. Circle <laughs> <laughs> jerk. Mine's much more perverted than yours. <laughs> it's crime scene sex. I'm into that. <laughs> You want to do a little ass play? <laughs> I'm homosexual. I'm taking another dick. Coming to me! Blood jizz. <laughs> that told a story. I'm homosexual. I've had seven dicks inside of me. I'm taking another dick. Coming to me! Covered in cum blood. <laughs> <laughs> that was a full story right there, Matt. <laughs> I'm not volunteering for the blood cum. <laughs> Should we just abandon all hope and just call it a night? Come on, we gotta let Ricky go here. Making him stay up too goddamn late. Marjorino! You're gonna die! <laughs> I was waiting on that one. Alright, folks, that's gonna be it for the PSYOP News. We're gonna take another break here. We'll have uh, another promo and some more music befitting of Dr. Butcher, MD, Magical Deviant. And when we come back, <laughs> we will close out this weird-ass show. My life fades. The vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, wasted land. But most of all, I remember the podcasts. The man we called Witch. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time. A time when the doomsday clock ticked ever closer to Armageddon. You can still find The Witch versus the Doomsday Clock podcast by searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Memories may decline, but movies live forever. <laughs>
Oh man, if I'm not careful, I'm just gonna fucking sit back and rock out to Butcher Baby all Fuck night. Fuck yeah. <laughs> man, that's fucking awesome. I love this fucking song, man. I cannot get enough of this. Or the Plasmatics or Wendy O. Williams, and I'm so fucking sad. It's the anniversary not too long ago. I think it was last Friday we're recording this on a Tuesday, so it's still fresh in my mind. <laughs> all right, so I need somebody to cheer me up here and make me not feel so sad. So, Ricky, tell everybody about how they can find all your shows before we get rolling here. We're on Legion Podcast, and like we said in the promo earlier, just Google. Google it, you bastards. It's out there. <laughs> That's it hard to find. You just type in hail, H-A-I-L, Ming. H-A-I-L, yeah. Ming. Ming. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're on iTunes or, as they call it now, Apple Podcasts because they've gotten too big for the bridges. Um, yeah, all, all of your devices that play the stuff, it's out there. Yeah, you can find us pretty easily. Uh, even have a YouTube page with a couple of videos on there that even maybe one court psyops may have done a synopsis on. Why? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Back when we were friends, you know. <laughs> well, now that we're friends again, I'll be more than happy to do some synopsis as... You first meet Cochise and you don't <laughs> like each other, and then you're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I may do another synopsis for you here or there, and I may even break out my bad Peter Lorre that sounded like Floyd the Barber to you guys. <laughs> Still heartbroken about that. <laughs> Ooh, that <was> awesome. <laughs> Short bus cinema and Ming, we're just kind of all over the place. And don't forget Legion Podcast, we're uh, you know kind of dominating everything. So uh, not just our shows, check out everything that's on there. Also, Cinema Sahabs, because you're listening to this, so you don't have to check it out because you're already checking it out. Yeah, and if you're already listening to us and you're subscribed and you haven't given us an Apple podcast review, give us a five-star review and show us that you Absolute. love us. Then send it to same, me. <laughs> and same thing for Hell Ming and Short Bus, too. We need people to... I mean, that's the only way these shows get recognized is you give us some ratings and it just draws more attention to them. That goes across the board for all of us at Legion. Now, if they're not on Legion, then, you know, forget them. Yeah. <laughs> you can review them if you want to, but you're not going to get any brownie points with either of us. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We are also on Legion Podcast, folks. You can find us legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. we got a Facebook Facebook group where people post news that Matt can never fucking find when we're doing the show. Yep, that's right. <laughs> it's also named Cinema PsyOps, real easy to find. You can find me on Facebook. I am Court PsyOps. Currently, I have a cat holding a shotgun to a hole in the wall that looks like a mouse hole. That's my main photo. If you find that, you found me. You really love cats. I really do. Yeah. I'm a cat person you now, You are a Matt. cat person. <laughs> I've got Time you beat. an old lady sweater. <laughs> Maybe some glasses. Yes, all of that. <laughs> and Ricky has a ton of animals. So he's yeah. got me beat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've got we got at least fifty cats. <laughs> Jesus wept, man. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. He's like a cat and, sanctuary. Yeah. Nine, nine donkeys and three dogs and you know, and a partridge and a pear tree. Something like that. You have a farm for all that, I hope. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. we're out here in we're in Amish country. So sounds like a lot of jackasses. Oh, oh. the Amish or the donkeys? <laughs> <laughs> you can find a certain jackass named Matt Styop on Facebook. True. If you found the plank that says brutal, you found the man that you're looking for. That's right. You can email feedback to Matt if you're Amish and offended and somehow breaking your own religious <laughs> religious <laughs> uses. <laughs> Both listening to this podcast and using email. He's psyopmatt at gmail.com. If you do an iTunes review and you want to get a shout out on the show and lots of love and adoration from us, send us a screen cap of it to cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. You can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats of your bleached or unbleached assholes. I'm at court under 
underscore PSYOP, and Matt is at PSYOP Matt. Yes. All right, Ricky, thank you so much for taking the time and squashing all of the beefs and just appearing on the show and having a blast and talking about this fun, crazy-ass fucking movie, Dr. Butcher, MD. <laughs> man, it's been an absolute blast, man. Glad to finally be able to get on the show. I've been trying for two years. So uh, <laughs> thanks thanks for, you know, getting that in there kind of quick. <laughs> Magical deviant. Yeah, well. Magical deviant. Ricky Morgan. Oof, you're a zombie. Magical deviant. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have you back a lot sooner, man. I'll just hopefully it'll work out with the scheduling and everything because that's been our main barrier was just you'd be busier than I would be busier. It just wouldn't work out. So I'm so glad we could get you on and we got to do it quicker than within two years, buddy. That's for sure. A- absolutely, man. Sounds great. All right, folks. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bed. too much how are you doing dude uh doing just fine all right well we're rolling on our side and i can hear you coming through loud and clear are we blowing out your eardrums at all uh, you were at first but now we're good <laughs> <laughs> well i got excited because i was like rick's on the line and then i just got all shouty i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god rick you're here did that just blow oh out my your gosh <laughs> did that blow out your eardrums <laughs> no kind of juxtapapation <laughs> i can't even say it <laughs> Munchies is actually good compared to some of the things that they've done. Holy right. shit. Yeah. Wait, what was that yeah. one a fucking space one that somebody got us watching for a crossover show once? <laughs> remember they were in space and they're like, oh, it's fucking terrible. Now I can't that's, remember. That's about 60 movies right there. I can yeah. right <laughs> I know, the I and let Roy Frunks, Roy Frunsk, Frunkes. I'll get his name right here in a second. Goddamn data. Yeah. <laughs> same actor. Yeah, same Booby actor. traps. <laughs> that's what I said. Booty traps. Yeah. No, that's what I said. Please talk to you guys. I prefer booty traps. I know, right? Who yeah. All right. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about traps in like the literal sense? Like the. <laughs> sure. All right. Whatever. I'm into it. I don't care. You might want to watch it. <laughs> And, and by shake a stick as I would, you referring to the one between my legs? Sure. Not sure. Why she, not? If she asked me to. Yeah. Or fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one might hit the floor. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I care so little now. Careful if you hit a trap. Ooh, booty traps. <laughs> booty That's, what That's what I said. All right, let's get into this here. Not, 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 not the bra and panties, yeah. the movie. <laughs> I mean, either way, I'm good. Huddle up, perverts. Let's go. <laughs> Got me all flustered thinking about Ricky in a bra and, and panties and laundry. What do you think man? I'm doing with my right hand right now? I figured the fucking mic stand's shaking like crazy. I know. Ooh, I'm all verklempt. All right, let's, yes. get, let's get back to the movie. Here. I'm about to finish. If you're going to spooge, spooge into that. <laughs> All right, do I have to tell you it's been a lovely tea party? Yes. <laughs> That's a standing rule. Court, it's been a lovely tea party. Thank you. Now we can get back to the movie. Yes. 
<laughs> I am a Mario. I love the Italian exploitation this is not, this films. Is, this is not a license for you to become racist, Matt. Well, you guys are doing it. <laughs> okay, well, Ricky just jumped off a bridge, so it's your turn. Wait, Ricky's That's jumping right. off a bridge? Yeah. Where at? <laughs> In his hometown. Ah. Go drive there. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait where is that? Most of the freaking rubber dinghies I know have to have little motors on them, too. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know why that sounds dirty, though. That's because that's what I'm intending it to sound like. <laughs> by dinghy, I mean dildo. Oh. And by dildo, I mean rubber cock. Oh. That's a whole bunch of clips. <laughs> I'm not listening. I'm not listening. La, 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 la. Oh, oh, oh. Dildo is where you draw the line. <laughs> I'm just going to It's. I'm gonna take out him going, I'm not listening. I'm going to put in the, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> there you go. Good idea. That's sounds like a country song. A dildo's where you draw the line. <laughs> but darling, dildo's where I draw where the line. you draw the line. <laughs> I'll put up with the cheating. I'll put up with the drinking. And all the line and running up my credit card debt. But darling, the dildo where I draw the line. Yeah, I don't know if you're going country or Elvis there. Yeah, six Hybrid. Of, six of one half dozen Dang. together. There you go. Yeah. Dang you, Duracell. <laughs> All right, let's get back into it here and not the dildo talk. <laughs> All right, perverts. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight. Spotlight. Are you losing yeah. your religion? I'm doing something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep an eye on the crotch. And <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. Oh, no. You said too much. I haven't said enough. <laughs> Consider this. <laughs> The hint of the century. Yeah. <laughs> Consider this. All right, enough REM. We got like a fourth of a page of notes left, and that's it. So we're almost <laughs> done here, guys. What a fucking blast, though. I know. Yeah. Wang. I could easily kill you now, but I'm determined to have your brain. Yeah.